As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I don't need no wine and dine, I want something high class. High class. I spend my nights at home romancing the podcast. tuning into Romancing the Podcast, you had us at hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser, and Mikey seems a little upset, but this week, Paige made us watch What's, What's Your, your number, number, Girl? I'm sorry, I'm in a weird place. You do sound like you're in a weird place. You want to talk about it, Mikey? No. Good. So, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> let's do it. So, all right, Paige, what was your first experience with this movie? Because I had never seen it before. Clearly, you have. This is my 20th time seeing this movie. What? <laughs> That's your number with this movie? Mine's one. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'm at 20. I've, I've definitely seen it a handful of times. Um, this came out the same year as Captain America. I just want oh. you to know that. Oh, okay. Really? So, okay, that makes sense. Now, at the time, I was not a crazy huge Chris Evans fan. He had mostly flown under my radar. I was very much a Henry Cavill fan at the time. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but I had seen Scott Pilgrim. I liked him in Scott Pilgrim. And I remember going to see, I don't even remember what movie it was, but I remember seeing the Captain America trailer. And in the trailer, it starts with him like coming out of the pod where it's just like, yeah, this jack is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I want to say it was on like either a Twilight or a Fifty Shades movie. It must have been Twilight time wise because it was a theater full of women. That checks out. And I just remember hearing the entire theater go, <gasps> <laughs> they were like those shoulders yeah just like a like a mini gasp and i was just like i'm sorry what human torch what what are we doing what yeah he was human torch and so i'm pretty sure that captain america came out before this it like did. month wise yeah so we'll talk about it so i went to go see captain america opening fucking day everyone did 3d at the cinerama dome which, if oh. you're not familiar with the Cinerama Dome, it's one of the few theaters left in America that is concave. So you sit kind of in it. So if you're watching it in 3D, it is going to give you a hell of a headache. But <laughs> it feels like it's almost like you could touch it. Like we wanted the full experience. And Mikey, she was trying to touch it. Oh, I'm sure she oh, was. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so that movie came out. And then a handful of months later, this movie came out. And he's... Even in the trailer, he's naked constantly. Yes. And I was like, I know what I'm spending $17 on or whatever the fuck it was at the time. I don't remember what movies cost. It was like two or three months later, yeah. <laughs> and we fully, opening weekend, went and saw this movie in theaters. No one else did. I, that doesn't surprise me. I don't remember the theater being very full, and I don't remember anyone else seeing it. I just remember going with a handful of people that had seen Captain America with yeah. me, and we were just like, yeah, 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 let's get wine drunk and watch this shit. Yeah. And that was my experience. <laughs> awesome. Mikey, what was your first experience with this? 
Uh, I've only seen this movie a couple times. Uh, I think it was on DVD. It must have been on DVD. Yeah. As a, you know, a rental with a special lady friend. Oh, yeah? Did you split your sectional in half making out with her like you did during the ritual? No, I never bring a girl to my house. That's insane. I'm not going <laughs> to give her my address. <laughs> it's a rookie I really move. know her. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I watched it on DVD with friends or a girl I was dating. I don't remember who I watched it with, but I just remember I was like, oh, this is like really actually funny. And I, I actually really liked the movie. It was an interesting premise and wasn't bad. And I really liked it at the time. You had gorgeous Chris Evans. You had gorgeous uh, Anna, Anna yeah. Ferris. Uh, I also have like a crush on the actress that plays Anna Ferris's sister. Oh, Ari Grainer. Yeah, she's I great. like Ari Grainer. Oh, love her. She was in Fringe. She she's also in uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, cool, which cool, is also cool. A very very fun movie. Yeah, this was clearly the first time I had seen this movie. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. I mean, is it a good movie? No, no, absolutely it's not, not good. It's a ridiculous rom com where a musician can afford a Boston apartment <gasps> by himself when their band is not like signed or he's trying to make it with his own music. Like that is the poorest level of musician I have been. That like that. I have had cannon. Oh, yeah? I have had cannon and money facts to back it up. I will present all of my findings and fun facts. Okay. Is it that he's just so handsome people will give him money? No. <laughs> I believe that. I would also. Yeah. <laughs> that he's just, oh, I've been sleeping with the landlord for this apartment for months. I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. But we know the landlord's been sleeping with Bandit, so... I don't know. Yeah, if you were wondering if this movie also had a bestiality plotline, it does. This this movie, yes, it does. Uh, (laughs) This movie also has, I would say, probably the most crossover characters from other rom coms that we've done in one movie. Yeah, because we've got Blythe Danner again. Yeah, I love Blythe. Yeah, there's a handful. I'll point them out as we go. But like, there's a whole bunch of like, we saw this in another movie and yeah. now it's here. In the expanded yes. RTP universe that we've got going on, it's <laughs> this movie is like the, the center of all of it. Is this movie good? No. But does it check off all the boxes that make you feel good after watching a romantic comedy? Yeah. Yes. Is it completely ridiculous and unrealistic? Yes. Have I fast forwarded through the bulk of this movie to only the scenes where Chris Evans is undressed? Yes. But that's still watching like half the movie, Paige. That's like 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's enough time, ladies. Does this movie just invent a way to get them to strip off clothes by saying, yes, he has access to this whole stadium for some reason? Garden or no, whatever. They're, they're they're in Boston. So oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the Boston equivalent of Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry, Bostonians. I don't know what it is. You were yeah. so confident in that delivery, though. I mean, <laughs> ten out of ten. Okay, so I just looked it up because I I was pretty sure it was the Garden. It is the Garden, but it's not Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's just the Garden. My bad. Oh, Boston. No, but I mean, it's uh, it's good. It makes you feel good. It and what does. else can you ask for when you watch a movie? It's sort to me. It's like junk food. Like it's, yeah, exactly. It's not gonna make you feel any feels, but you're gonna laugh. You're gonna have a good time, and at the end of it, it's gonna be over. Sort of like a night with Mikey. And the premise is a little <laughs> different. For a rated R romantic comedy, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I am not in love with the premise. I do have some problems with it. I I feel like the movie kind of walks both sides of the line with the premise of this movie where on the one hand they want to make it seem like she's some horrific harlot for her number 
But then on the other side, they're trying to be like, it doesn't matter. But then they have no problem really making a lot of jokes at her expense for it. So, yeah, yeah, I, it's a I didn't strange. like that part. Chris Evans is the only one who's like, who would care? And then he like never says it again. He never mentions it again. But like, honestly, who cares? I don't know. My favorite joke about it is the very, very last one, which we'll get to at the end. That's my favorite joke of the whole movie. Yeah. When he's like, and she stops him. 307. Yeah. And then she stops him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But maybe we should just get to this movie so we can get to that great joke. Let's get into it. So we start with the credits, which. What's y'all's numbers? Are we doing this on? (laughs) Let me get my list. (laughs) What are we counting to? What? (laughs) I mean, are you only counting vaginal or are you counting other shit? Oh, no, no, please. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oral should not count. Please, okay, I'm not. I'm not answering the question. I, I, we're not going to oh, answer this. So you're only going to ask the question, not answer it. <laughs> I asked it as a joke, and then you pull up your calculator, and I was just. I don't know where to stop the joke. <laughs> you never stop the joke, Mikey. Never stop the joke. <laughs> I, I, it's gone too far. I I honestly don't know either. Mikey's like, let me go check my bedpost. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a little weird to like keep a running total. Yeah, me too. Um, unless it's low enough that it's easy to remember, but like. But I'm 37, or basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wait, that's your number or that's your age? That's my age. Okay. <laughs> I turned 37 this year. But I do think it's super shitty of the movie to pretty much set it up that a girl having a high number is a bad thing, but a guy having a high number doesn't matter. Yeah, they they do not care about the guy's well, number exactly, at all. They exactly. all judge pretty Chris Evans pretty hard. Yes, but not till much later in the movie. They spend the first half of this movie slut shaming every female character in it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. then all of her friends slut shame Chris Evans at once they meet him, but they don't meet him till the very. I honestly feel like they only do that because they don't like him because of his job if it was jake adams or whatever they would have been like oh isn't he so handsome and suave and whatever they wouldn't have cared like it's it's just i don't know i was bothered by the the double standard in that yeah and and i agree i don't like it either i mean i i feel like that's kind of the big issue with this movie in general is it plays a lot with double standards yeah it also it really paints it as funny that she kind of adopts everything that whoever she's dating does that was funny it doesn't address it as like a personal issue until way too late in the movie and it's literally one line that chris evans says yes yeah here is my major complaint about the movie okay the character arcs are pretty terrible i mean like yeah Anna Kendrick at the very end is like, oh, I should be myself. She's also not in this movie. You're thinking of Anna Ferris. <laughs> Anna Ferris. <laughs> For a hot second, I was like, oh no, is Anna Kendrick in this? And I no, she missed not. it. I love Anna Kendrick. She's great, but she's not in this I movie. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Chris Evans and Anna Ferris's arcs are like only complete in the last like five minutes. Yeah. No one else has even has an arc. Yeah. And I thought the, the way they set the parents up would be to have an arc about their relationships or something, but instead they're like, Oh, here's the dad that we haven't shown for the last two hours at the wedding, giving this words of wisdom, and then boom, it's over. Yeah. And the movie's not super long either. Like, that that's one of those things where, like, if this was a really long movie, I'd be like, oh, they must have tried to cut stuff for time. But this movie barely clocks in over 90 minutes. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah. So, let, let's actually talk about the movie in order. Yeah. So Let's do it. We open on the credits, which are a series of women's magazine articles. My biggest problem with these credits is the soundtrack of this movie has very few songs in it. Mikey and I talked about this before we started recording. They really skimped on the score. 
But in the credit sequence, they have, I don't know who the song is by. It's not a famous song. It sounds like a song that was made up for this movie. But the song is basically like, girl power, I'm a do me. I don't care what anyone says about me. And I'm like, that's literally the opposite of what happens in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this movie, this movie spends roughly 70 minutes being like, why can't you just be normal? And then in the last 20 minutes, it's like, I mean, whatever your normal is. But like to try yeah. and argue like, be you, boss bitch. And I'm just like, that's not this movie at all. That's such a strange song choice. And it plays the whole song. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it has to play the whole song because there's only two actual songs in the soundtrack. The rest is like Elevator Muzak. And I noticed it at the end credits because <laughs> I was like, there's like montaging over nothing. It was I was like, what is this soundtrack? So we open on Anna Ferris's apartment. Her name is Allie. And she wakes up next to Zachary Quinto. Yes. Which if he played for my team, would love to. So Zachary Quinto's still asleep. Uh, Anna Ferris gets up, goes to the bathroom, brushes her hair, adjusts her boobs, and puts on mascara, and then goes back to bed and acts like she woke up that way. Yeah. Well, and he even says, how are you so attractive when you wake up? And she's like, oh, am I? I don't, what? Oh, my God. Which I thought was funny. I mean, they do that in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, too. Uh, it's just like one of those tropes. Yeah. Uh, we cut to she's making breakfast. He's about to leave, but she's like, hey, I made tempeh sausage, which sounds no thank you. Right. And he was like, you didn't get enough sausage last night? Am I right? <laughs> I mean, no shade on people who don't eat meat. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. It's yeah, like vegan tempeh. sausage. Zachary Quinto decides to stay for vegan breakfast. Yeah, because he's fully just using her. And this is one more thing she's doing for him. Oh, right. If you're using someone, though, you wouldn't spend the whole night. Can we talk about that? Well, I mean, he's like a bike mess. He might honestly be sleeping with her for a place to stay, Mikey. You don't <laughs> know that. I think, well, I think he does live there because, and I'll, I'll state my findings as to why in just a second. So she Toothbrush. asks, and a walk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah, his yeah, walk. Yeah, yeah. I think they're like yeah, dating. Yeah. Well, they're not dating, dating. Not anymore. Uh, so she asks <laughs> him to be the date to her sister's wedding. And he's like, are your parents going to be there? And she's like, at my sister's wedding? Yeah, probably. I mean, honestly, you should break up with someone if they ever ask you something that stupid. <laughs> okay, so, so, time out. I thought about this joke. And looking back, after you get to know her parents, valid question. Par that was a valid question, yeah. So if, she, if she's been talking about her mom and dad and, and like how terrible they are, I'd probably ask that question, too. I do. <laughs> Mikey, I can definitely see you pulling a lot of the moves he pulls in this scene, for sure. <laughs> well, he does say, uh, that feels too serious. And then <laughs> yep. she yep. replies, well, it felt kind of serious when you were doing me from behind, but I couldn't see your face. So, so Mikey. And <laughs> so she closes the door on him, and he's carrying his walk, his toothbrush, clothes, and a bicycle. Literally all the possessions he owns in this world. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> and he says, you know, we can always just hook up. Just call me. Such a Mikey move. That, yeah, I mean, that is Mikey. <laughs> he says, keep it green. Yep. See you around. <laughs> yep. I would have gone to the wedding. I love going to weddings. I do too. Weddings are the only place you'll see Todd dance. I'm so happy. Put a suit on me, open yeah. bar, appetizers, Ooh. dancing. Finger foods, dance floor, yeah. earth, wind, and fire. I'm on board. Let's mm. do it. Yes. I can sing shout real well in a, on a dance floor in a wedding. I yes. can confirm. <laughs> so as he's leaving, she still has the door open and she looks across the hallway to see Chris Evans picking up the newspaper and about to go back into his apartment to his lady friend who we can hear from inside the apartment. Yeah. 
and the credits aren't even over. So I just want you to know that there are still credits on the screen, and we've already seen Chris Evans naked once. Once. So. And there are, yeah, there are many times he comes out of that door with, like, what is essentially a hand towel covering yeah, his like dick? Yeah, like a kitchen towel covering his dick. And yeah. you're just like, hello. That's how you greet your neighbors. Just, like, to establish dominance. <laughs> uh, and it's not about size, Mikey. It's not about size. It's about confidence. being willing to do it. Exactly. About confidence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite is a couple times later when they strategically shoot around a yeah, banister because yeah, 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 yeah. he lifts the towel to wipe apple and off And then she face. like looks down at his dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I get. Honestly, if Mikey walked out of his apartment naked and talked to me, I would check it out. I'd be like, look, if you're seeing a naked person, you're looking at their private parts. That's just like humanity. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they look like. They can be ugly or hot. You're gonna look at boobs. You're gonna look at a dick. That's just that's just that's where your eyes are going. I need someone to etch all of this into a pillow I can put on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> that's just humanity, man. Oh, like man. next time you see unexpected nudity, nudity. Noodly. Next time, nudity, nudity. I mean, nudity checks out. Yeah. Next time you see, unexpectedly see nudity, yeah, you're definitely looking at the junk. Or the trunk, or the tops, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna say new word petition noodly for when you unexpectedly see nudity. Yeah, <laughs> noodling. Noodling. Yes. noodling. What is that? My watch looked up noodling. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you go to catch catfish yep. with your hands, noodling is fishing for catfish using one's bare hands and is practiced primarily in the southern United States. That's how I catch the women. With your bare hand. <laughs> Just sticking your hands in people's mouths out in public. No wonder we have coronavirus. <laughs> they had to rename it uh, noodling because they first went with fish fisting and it just didn't. Fisting. fisting? Yeah, it would have been called fisting. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't go well for everyone. Oh, man, Todd, that sucks. That's a sport you can't even play. <laughs> because of all the layers? No, because no one's going to touch his ugly ass. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get a catfish to suck on yeah. my feet. <laughs> it's like, oh, I already have enough whiskers. <laughs> oh, my God. We're like two minutes into this movie. <laughs> We're literally 30 minutes into the recording, though. No cuts. No cuts. Some cuts. So we cut to Anna Ferris on the phone with her sister, Ari Grainer. Yeah. And she's telling her that they broke up and her sister was like, well, yeah, because you like meat, you hate cyclists and no one likes doggy style, which disagree, but fine, whatever. To each their own, though, whatever, man. Uh, she says even dogs are just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> which, is, which says what? a lot about her sexual happiness in her current relationship. And I feel bad for her. She's yes. just a really big eye contact person. I get that. I mean, some some people are. Yeah. That's why you should draw eyeballs on the back of your head. <laughs> Ladies! Get yourself a hat with googly eyes and yeah, make some shit say. happen. Oh, man. I just keep googly eyes right there with my condoms. <laughs> just put them right on the back of the head. I put them right at my waistline so they can have eye contact down there. <laughs> <laughs> my dick looks like Gonzo the Muppet. <laughs> Anyway. Wow. No cuts. No cuts. <laughs> no cuts. Anna Ferris goes to work and they're watching their boss through the glass conference room. It's Joel McHale. We have to say it's Joel McHale. It's Joel McHale. And what I have to assume is his only on screen nudity. 
<laughs> I don't think it's him. I think it's a stunt butt. Oh, uh, stunt butt. If it was a stunt butt, stunt it would have been much butt. better than that butt. Well, it's also you never see his face and the butt in the same frame at the same time. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Also, the torso proportions are wrong. I have analyzed wow. this. What Paige deep dove into Joel McHale's butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only reason there was an interview at the time, I believe, where he said it was a stunt butt uh, and yeah. I couldn't find it again for today. But I'm pretty sure it's a stunt butt. I mean, if I was an actor and I had that option, I'd take the stunt butt. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I would want it to be a better butt. Like, I would definitely go to the casting session for my butt. <laughs> I don't know if you just have Chris Evans play your butt. <laughs> Is that an option? Holy shit, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's, That's America's, America's ass. Yeah. That's America's yeah. ass. Yeah. It's just me and my body type, and then it cuts to my ass, and it's like a bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that'd be hilarious, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With googly eyes. <laughs> googly eye butt guys incorporate googly eyes into your sexual lives like thank us later yeah and honestly i was about to say send us pictures but don't don't send us pictures <laughs> of that you can make a tape all you want but keep it to yourselves <laughs> we're gonna make googly eye porn trend on pornhub or some shit like that oh my i'm gonna look after this uh, and see if googly eye porn already exists i'm doing it already Paige. Do it right now. Oh anyway, so they're trying to debate whether or not Joel McHale is thinking or smelling his fingers. He's fully smelling his fingers. He's fully smelling his fingers. He calls Anna Ferris in and then fires her. I, I love he was like, hey, we're uh, making some scale backs here. So we're going to have right. to let you go. And uh, she's like, oh, that sucks. So how many of the people are getting fired? And he goes, it's it's just you. Yeah. <laughs> so brutal. So we cut to her on the train and she's got basically her box of everything from her desk. She's reading a woman's magazine. Yes. Is there googly eye porn? Guys. Share the screen. Share the screen. I did not search it on my laptop, please. Okay, fine. It is an NSFW photo. No, duh. Okay. You ready? <laughs> wow. Those eyes are very big. <laughs> my eyes are up here, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing the way they would move. Yes. Like if she was like dancing. I mean, it's a video. We could watch Ooh. it. Just Google. I'm going to watch that later. <laughs> All I did was Google googly eye porn. <laughs> I, want an, I want an edit of eyes wide shut of just googly eyed <laughs> sex scenes. Just like over the mask. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Googly eyes wide shut. <laughs> Googly eyes wide shut. Oh, 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 oh my God. Anyway, so she's on the train. She's reading a woman's magazine. Her phone rings. It's her mom. She tells her she had a meeting and hangs up. Yeah. She goes through the articles and the first one is glam looks from office to evening. She kind of moves past that because she's like, I don't have no office no more. Right. And then is this food scale your best friend? She moves <laughs> past that. Obviously. And she settles on an article that says, what's your number? Saying that the national average is 10.5. And then it just says next to it, have you slept with too many people? Yeah. Uh, and it basically goes through a, a study that is not a real study because it would be damn near impossible to study this. Where it says, if you've slept with over 20 people, you can't find a husband. And so as she's reading it out loud, the woman next to her on the train is like, that's a lot of people. Like 10.5 is a lot of people. Yeah. And Anna Ferris is like, no, that's, n that's no, it's, low. It's what are low. you talking about? It's a about? low number. <laughs> yeah. And so she starts making a list of everyone that she slept with. 
She gets back to her apartment. The elevator's out of service, so she climbs the stairs, which is why she ends up climbing the stairs for the rest of the movie. I honestly liked that, though. <laughs> I thought it was cute that they... They call to each other down the stairs, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just Googled what the average number of sexual partners is in America oh, yeah? in 2020. Well, did you know that any attempt to find the national average is flawed because people lie, and they say that women are more likely to say it's less and men are more likely to say it's more. Yeah. So there's no way to get an actual average People just lying. Be you. It's fine. Anyway, what was it, Mikey? Men had a median number of 6.1. Mm-hmm. But this is an average as a median. And women had 4.2. So they're saying it's between four and eight partners. Is average? Yeah. Wow. That doesn't seem crazy to me, to be honest. I mean, I, I guess it depends on, on what your life was like, which is why these tests are inherently flawed. People's lives are different. My life is a mess. Well, and the longer you're single, the higher your number is going to be just by virtue of time. Yeah. You know? So, like, if you got married at 21, your number's very likely going to be lower than somebody who was single longer, just in general. Yeah. So it's kind of a flawed metric anyway. Also, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of things, nobody cares. Be an adult. It should not be a referendum on someone as a person. No, it absolutely is not. So do you want to talk about what our numbers are then? <laughs> yes! Who wants to go first? I mean, I honestly don't know my number, but I would say it's probably because I've been single for a large portion of my adult life. Okay. If I count extracurriculars at if I'm only counting vaginal penetrative, I'm a good for you. No, it doesn't matter. It's not like a good for you. <sighs> it's not. It's that's not. It doesn't matter. No, good for her for finding the love of her life quickly. I mean, here's the thing. There's a handful of extracurriculars in there, but I was also much older. And so I think like, A, there was a lot of self-play going on. Yeah. And B, by the time I was actively having sex, I think I had a much better idea of the kind of person I wanted personality-wise, which cuts your search down quite a bit. Yeah. So, Mikey, what's your number? Uh, it is... <laughs> Good Lord, Mikey! <laughs> Good Lord! Also, every time I have a bad breakup, that number goes up by four. <laughs> I will also say that I feel like a lot of people rack up a lot of numbers on bad sex. Yeah. One night stand, college, high school or whatever. And I don't have any of that. So of my smaller number of sexual experiences, they've all been good. <laughs> all right. That's enough. We're moving on. I feel like someone's bragging right now. This sucks. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not bragging. I'm just explaining like this is why it's not a good or a bad thing. Even experience-wise. <laughs> All of mine have been bad for them. <laughs> for them? <laughs> Mikey, I have no doubts about that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so she's listing out names to herself as she's climbing up to the apartment. Uh, Valerio. I felt like we met Valerio in a version that I saw, but I must be wrong because they dismiss him pretty early. Is Valerio the one from the uh, the Club Med? No, that's Aziz Ansari. That, that's Aziz Ansari <laughs> at the very, very end. Yeah, I, lo I thought that was so funny. So they arrive at the engagement party, or she arrives at the engagement party uh, to meet her mom, who is Blythe Danner. Oh, I love Blythe Danner. She's real mean in this movie. Yeah, I don't like her in this like, movie, but she's a great actress. I love her in general. She's great. She was not awesome in this movie, but... It's no the lucky one. I know. But... That's what I mean. Like, she's next level oh, in that movie. She's so good. Um, but also, this is the first time we get... There's, like, a running gag about her growing her bangs out, which, like, all I have to say is, like, homegirl, we need to get you on some prenatal vitamins and get you some of that fancy horse shampoo because... <laughs> 
I sorry. You have some tricks I've never heard of. I got good hair for a reason. Damn. Genetics. All right. But for those people who don't, <laughs> there are options. <laughs> good to know. Uh, there are lots of options. But yeah, she's growing her bangs out forever. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Which is rough. It's a rough halfway place to be in. And you want to make it last as little as possible. Yeah. So they ask where Rick is. She lies and says he's on a business trip. And then her mom just says, why aren't you wearing that dress I bought you? And she's like, I am. Yeah. She's real mean in this movie, guys. Yeah. And then they also let her know that her cousin Bo is here. And she says, step cousin, because she has to add him to the list. <laughs> I thought that that was funny and also <laughs> very strange. Like, don't go to a family <laughs> reunion looking to hook up. That's not a good look. It's not. It's not a good look. She goes upstairs to help zip up her sister's dress. Okay, there's a timeline weirdness with this movie of, like, how long it takes place. Well, yeah, because she's legit unemployed for seven, eight months at least. I don't think it's that long. I think it's more like six weeks. I, that's kind of closer, but they're planning. We don't know how much of the wedding is planned or when this, like, engagement party is happening. Because the time by the time they're having this engagement party, they're also doing seating chart. Yeah. Which means, and talking to the caterer. Those are pretty late stage wedding planning. And we find out that her sister is four months pregnant later in the movie at the wedding and needs help zipping her dress up here. Yeah. It's debatable. Maybe her sister's pregnant here already. Maybe she's not. We don't know. I would say this movie takes place between two and four months. And that's important for our money fun facts later. Okay. (laughs) So she asks her sister, what was that creepy puppet guy's name? And she says, Jerry Perry. And so she's writing notes in in her notebook. Oh, my gosh. Terrible name. And her her sister's like, what are you writing? And she's like, oh, just notes for my toast. She's like, you're not going to make a rhyme, are you? Just keep it under three minutes. Which, by the way, way too long for a toast. Yeah. 30 seconds. 30 seconds to a minute maximum. Never go three minutes on a toast. No. I never go three minutes. <laughs> on anything. <laughs> then can we really count those last, I don't know, th- <laughs> women? <laughs> I don't think it counts. Um, I, can't, I count by googly-eyed sets. <laughs> okay, so speaking of that, I'm going to send you something I want you to look at. Look in uh, Facebook Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> it says googly eyes. I didn't even know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I can't wait to share that in the Facebook group. <laughs> That's great, Todd. Yeah, thank you. I'm very good at Photoshop. <laughs> That's in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> While we were talking about the movie. So she counts down her list and she has 19. Yeah. Which is not a huge number. It doesn't matter. How old is she? I got the impression she was like 28, 29, like late 20s. I feel like you should have one a year after 18. She's over 30. Oh, is she? Okay. That's, yeah. yeah. That's even more of a reason to have a higher number. If she's been single this whole time. And we know that she she lost her virginity at 17. Yeah, that's right. She's had, give or take, 13 years to rack up 19. Yeah. I don't feel like that's crazy. That's like, no. One or two a year? It's most most years, it's one a year. And then occasionally there's a twofer in there. Yeah, in a good year. <laughs> in a good year. <laughs> I mean, she seems devastated by this information. Yeah. Because that's kind of my thing with the movie is it plays like this is the most horrible thing she could ever find out. But then at the same time later, it's like, but it really doesn't matter. And I was like, thanks for showing us Chris Evans shirtless. But like, why are we here? <laughs> this movie could have tweaked some things because her mom shames her about 
everything. Everything. Yes. And so she she could have been self-shaming about other stuff, and it kind of could have fit into her character arc. Like, this could have fit right on in with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... I don't know. I, I feel like they tried to make it kind of a she's a black sheep of the family trying to. Oh, you mean the last 10 minutes? Yeah. I, I, I was like, well, they did not set this up really well. I mean, they kind of do with like her mom complaining about her hair and buying her a dress to wear. Like, yeah, there's a lot of like pieces where her relationship with her mom is very difficult. And what this movie is missing is the scene that Holiday has where she has a conversation with her mom and it's just like, I'm a be me deal with it. Yeah. We almost get that at the wedding at the end, but we don't really. Yeah. Yeah. She does have the, I don't want your life moment for like I one second. I don't want your life. <laughs> but it never <laughs> actually gets to the emotional core of what the issue is. She just runs right. away and slips in heels. No, the closest you get is her dad showing up. Yeah. Who no one else talks to and is like, don't be like your mom. Anyway, so she gets champagne drunk and comes downstairs to do her toast, runs into her cousin Bo, and then warns the woman that Bo is talking to that he's rough on the nipples. Yeah, which is a weird thing to say to somebody out of the blue. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, it's good information to have, I think. I think so. Yeah, you should know yeah. going in. Like, if you're, like, chewing on them with your molars, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. That made the episode. <laughs> it did make the episode. Oh, fuck. So that's a joke we're calling back to from something you said previously. This is why you should listen to the <laughs> Yo, here, Here's the best part. Don't even remember what that joke is. <laughs> anyway, she's already drunk by the time the toast happens. And she gives a terrible toast. Oh, yeah. She's barefoot. She's holding a bottle of champagne. Like, she is fully drunk. And it's like 2 p.m. My favorite is the shade thrown at Sheila during this toast because she's like, Eddie broke up with my sister by dating her best friend, Sheila. But when Eddie saw Daisy at their high school reunion, he knew he'd made a big mistake. Sorry, Sheila. Because Sheila's there. But Sheila <laughs> even goes, yeah, it's fair. <laughs> I love Sheila. Me too. Sheila's hilarious. Yeah. So she finishes the toast. This is the second mention of her bangs where she's like, I wish I went to my reunion, but I couldn't because I was growing out my bangs. Don't get bangs. <laughs> she tries to cheers a glass with a full bottle of champagne and just like <laughs> breaks the glass. So then we cut to a girl's night out later that night where they're basically taking shots and she decides she's going to play a party game where everyone has to write down the number of people they've slept with and they're going to guess who it is. Yeah. And we find out that Joel McHale, her boss, is there. Uh, he's like super hitting on her, buys all the drinks yeah. that she's ordering at the bar for those girls. And she's like, good, right? because you fired me and I don't have money for these drinks anyway. Right. So we cut back to the table. The numbers are all in the glass. Uh, Four, which is one of the girls. Yeah. Eight, which is Daisy. The sister. Jamie, yeah, Daisy's the sister. Yeah. Six is Jamie, but then it turns out Jamie is actually nine. Yeah. <laughs> and then they pull 13, which is Sheila, and they immediately are like, slut! Yeah. Oh my God, you're yeah. a total slut! Like, horrifically mean. And Sheila's just kind of like, fuck you bitches, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm gonna do me. Yeah, Sheila is so past caring, that's why she's the best. Yeah, we did a Sheila movie. Allie pulls her own and gets an, and she pretends to cough and tears it so it looks like it's just nine. Yeah. But they find the one and they're like, oh, my God, 91. And she's like, no. And they're like, you're at 19. And Sheila just goes, 
Hello, friend. <laughs> I love that so much. It's the best. Yeah. And she pulls out the article, which she has carried with her. Yeah. And is basically like, I'm twice the national average. What am I going to do? And Sheila's like, live your life because this is a bullshit statistic. Yeah. But then the girl who knows the perfect date in Miss Congeniality uh, mm-hmm. leans mm-hmm. in and is like, actually, this test isn't by Harvard. And I'm like, Harvard, why would Harvard study? <laughs> like, yeah, but that line of dialogue could have just been insert Ivy League school. Yeah. Stanford or whatever other Ivy League school I could never have gotten into. I, I don't know them. My favorite is when one of the other girls in the circle is like, hey, Marie Claire knows their stuff because they taught me how to orgasm. And I was just like that poor sad woman. <laughs> <laughs> Who also like. How do you orgasm? Todd, what? No, I figured it out very, very early on. Um, No, I mean, like, how do you figure it out from, like, reading a magazine? Like, that seemed interesting to me, but I don't understand the complexities of the female orgasm. So I'm going to just throw that to you. Peek behind the meat curtains. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome back to (laughs) Peeking Behind the Meat Curtains, where we get real. Oh, man, I thought this was the show about the butcher. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the female body is complex and beautiful and not all women orgasm the same way right and not all women orgasm from the same kinds of touch or stimulation there are different ways for women to orgasm there are different places that can trigger orgasm you really just need to learn you and your own body mikey is legit yawning during this fucking sex (laughs) education (laughs) mikey tuned out when you said women could have orgasms he's like that's a myth (laughs) <laughs> this is not based in Harvard science. <laughs> Bullshit, mama. mama. Go frost yourself, or I might do it for you. <laughs> My friends, I can I, I can do things. It's I don't need to pay attention that that hard. Um, but society often portrays that for women, either a there's only one way to orgasm, or b that they shouldn't expect much, or c that they can't orgasm and so especially at this time there were a ton of articles in magazines cosmo runs them all the time so does marie claire so does everybody that basically are like here are different things you can try to see if it's your thing right so like that's a very real like you know joke in this movie um because some people especially if you grew up in a very conservative or not sex positive way don't know what's up didn't take time to explore themselves can't communicate to their partner what they need for a fulfilling sexual experience and so in this case sometimes marie claire bridges the gap but their tips are not always great because sometimes they'll just be like put fruit in your pussy and you're just like what why which ones strawberries (laughs) is a tomato a fruit (laughs) (laughs) it is i wouldn't know i've never put food in my genitals that's a bad idea (laughs) what a waste of food there's like hungry people (laughs) <laughs> uh, all i'm saying is th- this is a way that some people that learn how to orgasm i uh operate on a very simple philosophy set every ev- everyone's expectations low and then when you surpass them they're very happy and i feel like society does that for men very well mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. or you could just talk to your partner and be like yeah. hey what would you like does this feel good how's it going for you great 
I'm like, look, I've got extra googly eyes in the nightstand. <laughs> googly eyes wide shut is my favorite part of this episode so far. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. Yeah. Let's leave this sex education. But Paige, thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, come on, Dr. Ruth. Let's go to the next scene. <laughs> but thank you so much for uh, sharing that with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Welcome. I think it's all important. The, this has been behind the meat curtain. Yeah, curtains. thank you very much for sharing your uh, segment behind the meat curtains. I came for the uh, strip steak. Anyway, so at this point, Anna Ferris decides that 20 is the limit. And so she's so got one more chance. The next person she sleeps with is her husband. So she tells them. I've got one chance. One stop. One opportunity. <laughs> Mom, spaghetti. <laughs> she tells the entire bar to shut up because she has a proclamation. Yes. And then she screams to the bar, I'm not going to sleep with one more guy unless he's the one. I'm taking control of my own destiny. And the bar cheers. Yeah. And then she says, to better decision making and goal following through the bar cheers and then we cut to her standing on top of the bar barefoot just knocking back a martini to 20 and then she is dancing barefoot we cut to the next morning where she wakes up next to joel McHale and his stunt <laughs> butt she wakes up to his hand going onto her tit like that is what wakes her up yeah let's just talk about how nasty it was to dance barefoot on a bar yeah uh, have you never seen coyote ugly mikey <laughs> they're not barefoot Wait, They're is that not. a rom-com? Hang on. I have an idea. Coyote Ugly is definitely a rom-com. Hell yeah. I cannot wait. But they definitely wear shoes on the bars. They wear boots, Mikey. They wear boots on yeah. the bar. Yeah, because you need that thick leather to guard yourself from all the germs that are on that bar. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but also, if you, if you like kick a pint glass, you're breaking a toe. Yeah. We get a camera angle from above. I do think it's a stunt butt. Because the hair color is wrong and the torso is wrong. The hair color? Oh, on his head. Okay, never mind. On I his you. head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, the person laying there is clearly a redhead. <laughs> like, it's it's a really pretty <laughs> obvious stunt butt. Yeah. Anna Ferris climbs out of bed and goes into the bathroom where she calls her sister. And she's like, I slept with my ex-boss. And her sister's like, Carol? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. My other boss, the one who fired me. And she's like, you got fired? Yeah. And she's like, why did you let me do that? He was number 20. And she was like, when I tried to leave the bar, you spit on me. So, you know. <laughs> so funny. So her sister is kind of a passive aggressive douche about it. But she's just like, yeah, well, 20's your husband. So Allie's getting married. Like, congrats, guys. I do love that her fiance, Daisy's fiance, the sister, says, oh, awesome. Congrats. He's just like barely paying attention. <laughs> I love He's that. He's barely in this movie, but I like him. I know. I like That's him a too. man who has listened to many sister fights on the phone and <laughs> made sarcastic comments about them. Yep. Uh, so a Mikey character. <laughs> but while she's in the bathroom on the phone, she's like, well, I, I don't know why I never considered him before. Maybe he is a nice guy. Cut to him touching his junk and then sniffing his fingers. <laughs> well, here, okay, so here's the other thing. So oh. around the corner behind her, it's racked focus, so it's like not... Yeah, it's out of focus. Yeah. He's getting dressed. Yeah. And this is how you know it's a stunt butt, because he's getting dressed, and then it cuts to a completely in-focus shot of him from the waist up looking completely different. Yeah. That's where he sticks his hands down his pants, adjusts his junk, and then smells his fingers. So weird. I'm not a smell guy. Yeah. I don't know. That does nothing for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. So we cut to her kitchen. Where he's like, hey, good morning. You're out of toilet paper. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, sorry about that. And he's like, do you have any coffee? And she's like, no, but there's a Starbucks on your way to the train. Which means he's pooped at her house and has not wiped. 
Yeah, I guess. Is that what that or means? Or did wipe and used all the toilet paper. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty sh- I mean, he's got a clean butt. We saw it when he bent over. Anyway, so he basically tells her, you're out of toilet paper. Uh, did you have any coffee? And she says, no, but there's a Starbucks on the way to the train. And he's like, oh, that's okay. Uh, did you get the newspaper? Yeah, he's pretty much doing everything he can to, like, stay for the day. And she's like, hey, uh, why don't you do this new thing called get the fuck out of my apartment? Yeah. <laughs> he's not picking up on the hint. No. She opens the door and Chris Evans is standing there holding her newspaper. She tosses it down the stairwell. Yeah. He tells her that he's locked out of his apartment and basically makes his way into her apartment saying he needs to use her phone. And so as he walks past her, Joel McHale is like, how about some dinner tonight? And he immediately senses what's going on. Yeah, because unlike Joel McHale, he can read a room. (laughs) Right. Right. It's called emotional intelligence. He uh, (laughs) clocks the finger sniff. And is like, oh, no. And so he basically says, oh, we've got that tenants meeting tonight. Yeah, sorry. Basically like, oh, she's unavailable. You're like saving her, though. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We can't do tonight, but I'll call you later and we'll talk about maybe doing something in the future. Maybe we'll see. Right. And he lifts her up the wall for a goodbye kiss because he's a very tall man. That was so next level for me, though. Like I was not I was expecting maybe a goodbye kiss because that's what you do the morning after or whatever. Mikey, that's what you should do if you actually stayed that long. But (laughs) he like fully picks her up, puts her against the wall and kisses her. It felt very aggressive to me. It's very aggressive. Yeah. And. As she lets him out the door, she sees across the hall that a girl is coming out of Chris Evans's apartment. Yeah. And if you listen, you can hear that girl meet her boss where he's just like, hi, I'm Roger. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So she closes the door and turns back to Chris Evans and is like, locked out, huh? Uh, I just saw your lady coming out of the apartment. And he's like, well, I just kind of wanted to avoid hurt feelings. Yeah. It's, it sounds like something Mikey would say to justify, you know, doing this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I'm honest with these people. My dog has an early meeting. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bring people back to my place unless I like them. Because you don't want them to know where you live, Mikey. Yeah. He's excited about getting murdered someday. So that was my whole question about ask about this whole movie. I was like, why does he bring them back to his place? I don't understand. As someone who has similar issues as this man, why would he bring them back to her? And then he like explains it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because he knows where the knives are. No, remember he has he tells them a story. Or is that in my edition? That's in your edition, I guess. Maybe. Oh, Wait, I don't know this. Yeah. Why does oh, he? Yeah. Okay, so I watched the extended edition. He tells Anna Ferris, I went to a girl's house one time and I saw a picture of her as a little girl with a dog. And all the only thing I could think about when I tried to sn- leave the next morning was making that little girl sad or something. Oh, oh God. Yeah, that's n- that was not in our version. <laughs> that's not in your version? <laughs> no, I, no, I honestly wish I had bought this now like you did, Mikey. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see those scenes. <laughs> He tells this elaborate tale about how now when he goes to people's houses, he sees like their lives and he thinks about how they are emotionally hurt by what he's doing. So he can't go to their house. So what you're saying is you don't suffer from that problem. You're you're fine to hurt these little girls feelings. I I need a lawyer. (laughs) When I said little girls, I mean, in the pictures, they're not actually little girls. Now, let me be clear. You don't need a lawyer. No, I don't go to someone's house and look at their pictures. No, you're not going to like meet the family or learn about their history or get to know them as a person. <laughs> Maybe we should just move on, Mikey. We don't, we don't have to dig into all yeah. this. No, yeah. I mean, as you guys attacked me as a person, I mean, I feel like Anna Ferris right now. 
So he notices the miniatures in her apartment, which I totally forgot that was a plot point in this movie. <laughs> I also forgot that was a plot point because it, it does kind of like glance over them until the end as well. It does. Yeah. We get one really quick like montage of her like or it's not even a montage. It's a cutaway of her doing yeah. the, the sculpturing. My favorite is that whenever because she is unemployed through most of this movie. Yeah. And he's always just like, what if you sold those little sculptures? Like, what if you did that for a job? And I'm just like, that's the strangest suggestion. Because, like, let's realistically think about that for a second. It's, like, not a great suggestion. Yeah. Oh, it's a terrible suggestion because either A, she becomes an artist, a working artist where she is submitting them to galleries and, and selling them that way. Yeah. Or she's doing tiny statues on commissions. Is there a huge market for that? No, a tiny market because it's tiny statues. <laughs> I feel like it, it would have to be the former where she would have to set up like an Etsy shop sort of a jam, right? That'd be the latter of her selling tiny statues. The former would be her applying to galleries, which would mean that she'd have to get like her own show, which if yeah. that was a huge plot point in this film is actually kind of interesting. But no, no. I just thought that he was independently wealthy and like that's why he makes these ridiculous. Like, I have a theory on him. I don't think he's independently wealthy, but I do think he has a job that they don't talk about in the movie. Okay, I gotcha. I have evidence. Anyway, so he says, I thought you'd be cooler than this after your toast on YouTube, which means that like her friends put her bad toast on YouTube. Yes. And she's like, how'd you see it so fast? And he says, well, I have everyone in the building on Google alert. I come from a family of former cops. The guy in 4D tried to marry his dog. And she's like, bandit? And so <laughs> with that, he leaves and says, you're a peach. She says, you're a pig. Yeah. And he's out. Classic meat cute. Classic meat curtains cute. <laughs> we cut to cake tasting. Ooh, yeah. And she is just like mainlining that cake, which this is the fat shaming portion of this film uh, because she's like wolfing that cake down. And she's like, no one's ever going to see me naked again. So I should just let myself go. And that's where she sees disgusting Donald, her ex, which we in the flashback find out that he was just kind of like a big sweaty dude. Yes. And they got super excited about food together. And she says he's the reason I learned how to cook. Because she didn't want to go out. But now, in modern day, he's lost all the weight, and he's at a cake place. So she goes to say hi, and we find out that he's marrying a rocket scientist, and she is gorgeous. She is. And he's Chris, uh, what's his face? It's Chris Pratt. It's her husband. Yeah, they were married at the time. Okay. And she lies and says that she's getting married, too, and her husband, or husband-to-be, is in the North Pole dealing with the ice caps, and he's probably going to fix it. <laughs> Chris Pratt's fiance at this point is very pretty. She's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. But she's also just an engineer. She like downplays what she does. Right. Right. My neighbor's an engineer. For what? The train to pound town? <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Come on over. <laughs> so as Chris Pratt is introducing her to his wife or wife to be. Yeah. Fiance. Yeah. He says that Allie used to be a friend. So he basically won't even admit that they dated. And so as they leave cake tasting, she's leaving with her sister. She's like, I can't believe he thinks I'm the embarrassing one. Like, what's going on? And her sister's like, well, you know, people change. People get better with age. That's why I'm marrying a guy that I dated in high school and then dated again as an adult. Yeah. Her sister met her sister's fiance at a 10 year class reunion. Right. And this is where Anna Ferris basically gets the idea for the movie where she's like, he can't be the only ex who's gotten better with time. I got to find everybody. So she goes home, goes through all her journals, 
can't find anybody. She's trying to look for Jake Adams. She gives up. Mike Miller, where there's 11 million results. And then she types in just more facts about him of just like big balls, tiny penis. Yeah. And then passes out on her computer and is awakened by a cartoon of big balls and a small penis. Thought it was hilarious. It's a very fun cartoon. (laughs) Someone's got to teach this person how to Google. Because I feel like all Chris Evans does that like unlocks the code defining all these people is just know how to use Google effectively. Maybe it is time for me to introduce my headcanon secret story at this okay. point. So, okay. So she hears Colin outside. He comes out to get the paper naked and she's like, hey, can you help me find these guys? Right. And he's like, oh no, you have herpes. You've got to talk to them. <laughs> and she's like, no, but I think one of them might be worth a second look. And this is where he's biting the apple and he moves the towel. Yeah. And then he says to her, no, I'm not going to help you. I refuse to be part of this type of crazy. I don't know why they broke up with you and I need to protect them. And she's like, I like this. A bro looking out for bros. I appreciate that. Well, and she says, how do you know that they broke up with me? And he says, because you seem like the kind of person to make a bad thing work. And she says, some people choose optimism. And he's like, I call it crazy. And she basically says, I knew you'd be a jerk. Bye. And he says, well, it doesn't mean I won't sleep with you. <laughs> I do. I do relate to Chris Evans's character. Yeah. Shocking. Film. Nobody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there was a time in my life where I was Chris Evans character. I think most guys go through that. You wish you were Chris Evans. character. I don't mean like the way he looks, Paige. Mm. <laughs> for the record, guys, that mm was not for me. <laughs> yeah. No, if I looked like him, I would also only wear a dish towel tied around my waist with the I walk around the fucking naked all the time. If you're good looking, you can wear ridiculous shit and no one will care. Truth. And I don't know that personally. I've just seen good looking people pull it off. Also, yeah. he's so good looking in this film. He could just go to a bar and tell this lady, like, look, let's just go hook up and I want I want to leave the next day. And I think there would be people who would be okay with that. Is there a line? Because like, <laughs> are are we queuing up for this? Like, how's this gonna work? Is that do I take a number at the counter? Yeah, what's your number? So here's my secret head cannon. Right, I think he is a freelance private investigator. Yeah, I mean oh. that would make sense. And I did look up what they typically make in the Boston area in regards to his apartment, which would make it make sense. Okay, that does make sense. And he also has connections with the police. So he might be able to utilize their resources to find some of these people. Right. Yeah. Well, and he has like a guy that he could text to get information. That's what made me think private investigator. And it's just not super important to the story. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I'm on board for that. So she goes back to her apartment and then gets a bright idea, puts on her clothes, bursts into his apartment pretending to be his sister saying that his mom is in the hospital i love this and basically drags him out of the apartment into her apartment with clothes and everything and he's like okay nice very impressive and she makes him a deal you help me track down my exes i'll help you escape yours and you can hide in my apartment yeah and he's like what about solidarity for your sisters and she's like well if they can't see you come and they deserve it um, which I mean, you see what he looked like. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> they've already seen him coming, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And honestly, I think he only does this because he has a crush on her. Because I think so too. He puts a lot of work into this not to get much out of it. Right. <laughs> Mikey, your view of relationships is so transactional. <laughs> I just mean he's willing to do a lot to try to impress her for seemingly just to distract girls he brings home randomly, like maybe not sure. even every day. You know what I'm saying? Sure, 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 sure. Right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And Mikey, if Anna Ferris was your neighbor and she was like, hey, will you help me do this? You would 1,000% say yes to that. Yeah, I'd be sucking on her guinea pig's toes. I was going to say, hey, here's a <laughs> list of guinea pigs. I need you to find them for me. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> so she gives them a list and she wants to know who's alive, single, and still on the East Coast. She doesn't want to take any planes, although she does at one point. Yeah. It's a last ditch effort, though, right? Yeah. And she basically tells him to prioritize Jake Adams, who was the one who got away. And he basically is like, well, do you have a number or anything to go on? And she's like, if I had that, I wouldn't need you. And then she says that uh, Tom Piper works in D.C. He'd be next on her list. And she says, John Kimball, he may still work at Starbucks, but he's the best sex I ever had. And he's like, well, you haven't said had sex with me and she's like no but i've had sex with overconfident struggling musicians so it's fine Ooh, good burn yeah that one hurt me a little bit <laughs> well and she tells him that the reason that she knew is because he had a guitar on his wall he dressed yeah. like a teenager and i paid for that sandwich and <laughs> all these jokes were funny but really hurt my feelings <laughs> <laughs> she also implies that the longest relationship he's ever had is with that sandwich oh when he fully deep throats that sandwich i lost my shit that was so funny <laughs> he like takes the biggest bite out of it he can it's so funny we cut to they're picking out bridesmaids dresses her mom picked them out and they're trying to keep her happy because they're inviting their dad to the wedding those dresses are heinous those are horrible dresses the bridesmaids dresses yeah yeah she's trying on a few different wedding dresses to see which one she would wear and still be able to have wedding night sex with the dress still on. Yeah. Because she picks a dress out and then they're like, you don't want that one. You're not going to be able to have wedding night sex in that dress. And she doesn't wear that dress at the wedding. She doesn't. She picks a different dress. Yeah. They also, at this point, argue that 69ing is for when you're 17 and trying to cram everything in before your parents get there. <laughs> Just take turns. What's the rush? Yeah. Hard agree. Yeah. Same. I, when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is written by a person who knows. Yeah, you're you're an adult with your own apartment. You got all the time in the world. Yeah, you don't have to leave until you want to, Mikey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we cut to a bar where Colin has found one of her first first exes, David Hansen, who is a magician. Yeah, so this is the one that Paige would have gone for immediately. Here's the thing: when he doesn't have the stringy black hair, he's a good looking dude. But like, <laughs> my my favorite, my favorite, <laughs> it's when he pulls a junk of coins out of her junk. Yes! Yeah, yeah, that shit yeah, was he, insane. Because he's I like laughed pulling so hard because I forgot. <laughs> this was in the movie i forgot it too because he's pulling quarters from behind people's ears and then it cuts to them in bed and he reaches his hand down and then just pulls his hand up and it's full of quarters it's a shitload of quarters too it's like it's like 350 in quarters yeah you're right it's like a roll of quarters yeah oh god and i love i love that she's like i don't want to be with him he's doing the same thing he was 10 years ago and he keeps your quarter by the way he keeps your quarter by the way (laughs) that i don't know why that made me laugh so hard but i was like oh that's hilarious but she and colin uh chris evans decide to leave and this is where she reveals that the reason that she's having him look for these guys she doesn't want to raise her number right And this is where he says, I don't know why you care about your number. It doesn't matter. And she's like, it does matter because guys want a a girl with a low number where you can take her home. She's smart, but not smarter than you. 
likes your mom and then is secretly like a sex goddess in bed which is wicked offensive like that's a real terrible list of like you smart but not smarter than you like it's real not great i'm sure there are people like that who yeah. want someone who's like who will laugh at all their jokes and is right. smart enough but not threatening smart if that makes sense oh i only like threatening smart oh yeah threatening smart is the best everyone should go for threatening smart yeah it's go great. with someone smarter than you that it's the best and someone that makes you laugh a shitload it's the best yes. and chris evans basically counters and is like First of all, that person doesn't exist. That's yeah. a myth. Like who you like. Guys shouldn't care about yeah. this. And I agree. I think he's right he in is. this in this moment. And she just kind of blows it off. And she wakes up the next day. He's in her apartment asleep on the couch because he hooked up with someone after they hung out the night before. Yeah. <laughs> and he then came back to her place to avoid that girl. He told that girl that he had an early dentist appointment and then he comes over and sets up a Facebook for Anna Ferris to try and find more of these people and takes a picture of her sleeping <laughs> to use as her Facebook it's profile. so insane. Really I funny. loved it though. It was so insane. I also <laughs> so had a funny. lot of flashbacks to like 2011 Facebook on this. Oh, so much. Yeah. My favorite is like right here where they're, okay, a guy finds her, but he's married with kids and he's like, oh, he has no idea what Facebook is for. But he also requests that she become a fan of Tito's Tacos, which I don't know if there's a Tito's Tacos in Boston, but in Culver City, near where all the movie studios are, there is a place called Tito's Tacos. And if you live in the vicinity, there's a TV commercial that airs all the time. And it's just, <laughs> I love Tito's Tacos. Do you love Tito's too? Clap. I love Tito's tacos. <laughs> what else can you do? You can also try delicious burritos. Uh oh, something enchiladas too. The only thing better than a Tito's taco is chew. And when I first moved to Los Angeles, it played constantly, and I've never for we haven't lived in that neighborhood for a decade. I still know that whole damn song. <laughs> so I don't know if this was a Boston thing or if this was people in one of the studios being like make it tito's tacos yeah we'll go when you guys come to la we'll go i to can't tito's wait tacos. i love tacos and he even says that he's like i mean he can't be that bad he loves tacos and she's like well yeah but right. he, he looks great but so do his wife and kids yeah exactly <laughs> so then she asks where's my coffee pot he broke it and he says if you were on twitter you'd know that already yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he tells her he'll pay her back in chinese food so she comes back home with a yeah. new coffee pot and they go to his apartment where he has like a charlie from always sunny level conspiracy theory board of all of her exes yes and this is what really makes me think he's a private investigator that he has a whiteboard in his house yeah this looks like it's not the first time he's done this did I ever right. tell you guys that I made a, a, a board, a conspiracy board at work with red yarn and stuff? No. Please go on. My boss at the time sends out this email. This is like really like all caps, super pissed email. Oh, I know this story actually. Yeah. Tell it. I love this. Somebody put sugar in the salt shaker <laughs> and she sends out this email. that's like some people are on a diet and they could have been diabetic and they could have ate that sugar on the salt. And I was like, I don't think that's how any of that works. I mean, it, if you're crazy, if you're super diabetic, that would be a problem. But like, if you're only a little bit diabetic, you probably also shouldn't be salting your you, food that much anymore. You also immediately know it's sugar instead of salt. So, so then, so she sends out this email. Like four days later, though, this guy gets fired, and then someone else sends an email. It's like so and so is no longer with the company. 
And then like I was a supervisor at the time. And so like night shift, <laughs> I'm coming put, in. Was he the one who put the salt? <laughs> so night shift's coming in and I'm coming in to re- I, I, night shift's there and I come in to relieve night shift. And they're like, what happened to so-and-so? And I was like, oh, you saw the emails? He put sugar in a salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> As a joke, I get a text like 12 hours later. Hey, everyone believes you at work that that guy put the sugar in the salt <laughs> shaker. <laughs> so uh, we had to dispel the rumor by email. <laughs> so then it was like, well, who really put the sugar in the salt shaker? So then this whole thing goes around. Me and a few other people make a fake conspiracy board linking like the JFK shooting and everything to <laughs> sugar in the salt oh, shaker. Oh, that's amazing. There was a second sugar. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And then we photoshopped the posters from Scully's o- Mulder's office from I Want to Believe, but instead of a UFO, it's like a salt shaker. <laughs> and put them up all around the office, and it's like still a joke to this day. It's amazing oh, Mikey really still funny. has a job with all the high things he gets into. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. So he's tracked down a bunch of people. Julie from college, he hasn't been able to track down yet, but Valerio is married. Uh, he hasn't found anything on Jake Adams yet, but there's a couple other guys that are married. He did find out that Simon is separated, but his house just went on the market. So yeah. that could mean that he's getting divorced. And she's like, "Ooh, I can find out who his lawyer is and get a job as the assistant. <laughs> and this is another piece of proof for why I think Colin is a private investigator. He's like, or just go see the open house. Yeah. Easy. You're making it a lot harder than <laughs> it needs to be. But she does need a job. Maybe she was thinking two birds, one stone. I get that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So... They go to see his house and he's basically lecturing her. He's like, he's not going to want to immediately get into another relationship. So you're going to have to like win him over with amazing sex. This is also the first time we find out that she has a bad hand job. And he's like, well, he's probably figured it out. So don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't know that that was that she had a bad hand job. It's just like guys are guys can handle the hand job. Right, but we do find out at the end of the movie that she specifically oh. has a very bad oh, yeah. hand job. Yeah, when Aziz Ansari leaves the message, yeah, we do get that info, yeah. So they walk into a house, which looks like it's the open house, and she runs into Donald, who she ran into at cake tasting, because it's just his house, and he had the door open. Wait, wait we got to talk about that a little bit more. I love, because they, they first go in, the door's just open, Chris Evans throws whatever they were eating onto, like, the, where you would put your keys, like, right inside the door, right? Right, right. And he runs mm-hmm. upstairs to go to the bathroom, and then that's when Donald walks in, and Anna Ferris is, like, talking to him about why she's there, and she's like, oh, I was, right. thought it was an open house, I'm so sorry, like, this is purely a coincidence, and he's like, sure, stop stalking me, this is weird, so then she right. leaves... He walks away, and then you see this bolt of lightning run out the door that looks <laughs> right. like it had America's ass on it. And then yep. you see Donald run back in, or Chris Pratt run back in, like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, and you also hear the toilet flush right before he runs out of there. Right, right. So good. So we cut to outside where we find out that Simon's house is next door. Yeah. And we get a flashback of when she met Simon, and he basically is like, you're probably wondering why I'm alone at high tea, but it's just because I'm so homesick I kill for anything English. So we cut back to present day. <laughs> well, in that flashback, Anna Farah says nothing. I feel like that's She important. says nothing. Yeah. yeah. We cut back from that flashback and he recognizes her and she responds in a British accent. Oh my so God. Funny. It's so bonkers, man. I love that she's like, this is my friend Colin. He has to go. And he's like, no, I don't. 
Ah, shit, it's so funny. Well, my favorite thing is like, what was her game plan? How long was she thinking that she could keep that up? Yeah, forever. Yeah, like you're gonna marry this person. What what happens when he meets your family? I love this part of how it like it doesn't work out, and her telling the story. I just oh, love this yeah. whole scene. It's yeah, so funny. She, she comes home and reveals to Colin that her accent was rusty, and she sounded like Eliza Doolittle from My Fair Lady. <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, I tried to dial it back, and I went full Borat." And we're getting scenes of all of this. Yes. And then at the end, she's like, I turned into the Swedish chef. <laughs> Which where... is, honestly, that would have turned Mikey on. If you listen to the ritual episode, oh, yeah. you know he's super into orking those borkas. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to her and Colin on the roof. She's like, I thought we weren't allowed up here. Didn't you get that memo? And he's like, yeah, I wrote that memo. So, see, I really connect with his character. Yeah. He's just so yeah. clever. So this is where their band practices. And she kind of gives him shit for like, hey, like play weddings and stuff. You know, he's like, we're not that kind of band. She's like a band that makes money. And he just says, let's drop it. Yeah, Because he's not in a band that makes money. And I know that that sucks. I've been there. I know what that feels like. You don't want to talk about it. So he goes through who he's still looking for. So Jay from Club Med Turquoise, he's like, I have nothing else to go on. So I have no idea who this is. And then Barrett Engold, who is now a gynecologist in Miami. Yeah. And then one that he just calls Mountain Man. And he says that he's got a caboose worth relocating to Denver for. And she's just like, yeah, but he always wanted to like be outside and get fresh air. And he's like, is that better than pretending to be British? And she's like, I never had to wipe myself with a leaf while I was pretending to be British. <laughs> so then we get to Jerry Perry, yes. who is a puppeteer, so he's single. Holy shit. Okay, this was the biggest laugh in the movie for me. The flashback? When she's talking about losing her virginity to Jerry Perry. Yes. And the puppet just slowly orbing up. <laughs> just to like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Natalie was concerned. Oh for my me. gosh, it's so funny. Now, okay, Mikey, <laughs> have you ever done this with a puppet? No, 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 no. The extended scene. There's an there's an extra scene where they oh, meet yeah, Jerry yeah. Perry it's in, a, in real life. It's a long scene. So I think my edition is like an hour and fifty minutes. Wow. wow. Okay, that's like an okay. extra twenty minutes. So in in the version Todd and I watched, she says, "I don't want to go out with Jerry Perry." And we cut to them walking through the park the next day, and she's talking about how she basically she was dating Jake. He went overseas. Yeah. And then while he was overseas for junior year, he like studied abroad. She lost her virginity to Jerry Perry because she felt bad for him. And that's Colin's favorite thing about her. He thinks it's hilarious. It is hilarious. What we're missing is what Mikey is going to tell us about now. Does it imply in y'all seen that Jerry Perry's in love with her sister? Yes. yes oh, does yes, it? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. He, I missed that. He asks, he asks if her sister is home and then she says no. And <laughs> oh, then they yeah. Answer. Okay. Okay. So yeah, 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 yeah. they go to a park. She meets Chris Evans who brings his nephew. Oh, shit. That's right. Right, I forgot. That that nephew's completely cut out of the version that Todd yeah. and I have. So they watch a puppet show, which is terrible because it says poop a lot. And then they go <laughs> talk to Jerry Perry and she borrows Chris Evans' nephew to talk to Jerry Perry when Chris Evans like goes off to do something. And he's talking to her and he pulls out the puppet from where they lost her virginity. He's like, yep. you recognize him? <laughs> yeah. And then all he does is ask about her sister over and over again. And she's like, well, this was great to see you. 
walks back to meet Chris Evans and he's like, what the hell? Because the kid she takes to Chris Evans is not his nephew. <laughs> so there's some hijinks and then they go, they, they leave the scene. Yes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It's not over. Jerry Perry pulls out a puppet. Yes. That looks like her sister. Her sister. And yeah. starts giving himself head with that puppet. Oh, in the yeah. the my God. It implied, implied. Implied, yeah. yes. And he's doing her voice. But that's all cut out of the version you and I saw, Todd. That's so unfortunate. I love Andy Samberg, man. I know. So we cut to a scene where Allie meets her sister for brunch and... Allie's sister kind of springs like, oh, I invited mom. Ha ha ha, forgot to tell you. She's a terrible sister, man. I'd be so mad if this happened to me. Well, and so she wants her there so they, they can tell their mom that dad's coming. And her mom, the first thing she says is just like, how strict of a vegetarian is Rick? Like, could he eat just like a little bit of chicken just this once? Which yeah. is a bonkers thing to say. Yeah. And her sister reveals, Daisy reveals that she and Rick broke up. Yeah. And then as retaliation, Allie reveals that dad is coming to the wedding. Yeah. And their mom is basically just like, then I'm not going to the wedding, which is. Which is insane. Bonkers. It is insane. Yeah. 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 From what we know about the dad, he's not like dangerous or abusive. They just broke up, I guess. So yeah, like, they got divorced and they, and they don't like each other very much. And that's like. Yeah. But like, why wouldn't both of your parents come to the wedding? Which I mean, that happens. But yeah. I mean, yeah, why wouldn't they both go to the wedding? Like, they should both be there. So as they're leaving brunch, Allie's like, I'll talk to mom when I get back. I have to go to Miami for a pap smear. <laughs> Daisy is like, what? And she's like, yeah, do you remember Barrett Engold? And she's like, the guy who barfed in our dishwasher? And she's like, yeah, uh, he's a gynecologist now and he takes my insurance. So, all right. And at this point, Daisy says, so is tracking down your ex is more important than my wedding? And she basically argues, like, for me, it's important. And if you hadn't tracked your ex down, you wouldn't be having a wedding. And yeah. she kind of leaves it at that. She goes to get a spray tan, which looks insane and is never addressed <laughs> again throughout the movie. It's just this one scene. But it's hilarious because she's going to Miami, so she thinks she needs to get a spray tan. Which right. is in and of itself hilarious. But I mean, she does look like a carrot stick when she goes in there. It's bonkers. Yeah. And she lays out lingerie for a, a pap smear. <laughs> She's not taking it off. She like packed sexy lingerie. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and basically he comes in, she says hi, and he does not remember her. This whole scene, man. Oh, like it's a, such a good setup because he has no idea who she is. Yes. Yeah. He does not recognize he her He keeps all. thinking that we met somewhere else or they met somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And it's then, like spinning Greg's birthday party. And she's like, no, we went to college. We, we dated, dated for, for like, like three months. months. And he's like, yeah. oh, okay. He's no, what he says is, how about that? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then he goes to perform the pap smear. And as he's looking down the barrel of her vagina, he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> Allie, of it's course. So How are you? Oh, my God. So funny. Paige, is it true that if you get a girl's age, you just count the rings down there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, I saw that joke in my head before it finished, and I was like, I love what's happening right now. Ooh, uh, behind the meat curtains. Welcome back to Behind the Meat Curtains. It's more like Sonic where you have to collect the rings, and then if you break up with someone, you drop all the rings, and then Robotnik can kill you. Oh, love is so complicated. <laughs> so, she comes back to the apartment, and is calling up the stairs. He recognized my vagina. What's going on down there? <laughs> he would recognize it. And Colin just says, I could take a look for you. <laughs> I love how like upfront he is about how 
he's he into wants to that. Sleep with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's very honest. About, I actually do like that because I feel like um, when they first go out and look at the magician, Paige's guy, right? They, um, <laughs> they're like Chris Evans is my guy in this movie. Okay? Whatever. We all know you were down for My Chemical Romance as a magician. I'm just saying that <laughs> that was just like him doing the job. I feel like everything after that has been them dating, but not really dating. If that yes. makes sense. Right. And I I like that he's just very open and upfront that he's into what she's got. Yeah, like there's it. a certain point at which there are no more girls to hide from, but he's still at her apartment every day. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So she at this point is like, what am I doing? I'm unemployed and I'm spending a ton of money to track down these people. And he's like, well, I did find Tom Piper in D.C. He's an aide for a senator. And she says, and I've got store credit at Ann Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she doesn't have anything that a senator's wife would wear, right? So that's why right. she's like, I got to get, get to Ann Taylor on credit, which is a horrible idea. Yeah. Never buy anything at Ann Taylor, especially on credit. Yeah, I mean, or just not at all because it's a lot of boxy jackets. Yeah. So I would argue that what she got I don't think you can get it, Aunt Taylor. <laughs> I, oh, I never. Because <laughs> she actually looks pretty good in that pantsuit. Like, she's making it work, you know? She's making it work. Yeah. Now, we cut to the next day, and her sister is calling, and she's like, hey, I'm on your street, and I have to poo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was funny. Because I think some people are the kind of people that have to have home turf. They've got to have a hoop they're comfortable with, right, before they can shoot through it. I have a life hack. For everyone in in the world, if you have, if you're a, a nervous pooer, I think she's just also just out, and not every place has a public bathroom because Anna Ferris lives downtown. Life True. hack: you don't have to stop at a gas station, you don't have to stop at a truck stop, you don't have to stop at a rest stop. Stop at a hotel. The nicer the better. Yep, that's what I do. The oh, lobby yeah. bathroom. The lobby bathroom is the way to go. Yep, and sometimes they got cookies, free cookies out there. <laughs> Have a shit at Embassy Suites. Come back and have some sweets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's delicious. Anyway, she tells her sister, let yourself in and I'll be there in just a second. So she gets back to her apartment and Colin is sitting on the couch. He looks like he's naked. I loved the reveal, though. Right. So he is wearing underwear because he doesn't like to play without underwear. The guitar gets cold against his penis. <laughs> and... Anna Ferris reveals that she has a pantsuit. She's super excited yeah. to go see Tom Piper. And Chris Evans just says, if you're excited, why are you wearing a pantsuit? <laughs> <laughs> and this is also where he says, did you ever try selling your sculptures? Like he brings it up again. Yeah. She says no. And her sister is like, hey, can we have some privacy? Can you leave basically? And Anna Ferris is like, Oh, yeah, she has to poo. And so her sister just leaves and goes to another cafe. Yeah. She's just like, she goes to a Barnes and Noble or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and this is also where her sister finds out that she lets him hide out here where there, when there are girls in his apartment. Yeah. Which, to be honest, I don't think there is a girl in his apartment. I think he's already just kind of hanging out. into Anna Ferris. So he's just hanging out. I may be wrong. Pretty sure the last girl he sleeps with is the one the night they go out and meet Paige's guy, the magician. The yeah. magician. Yeah, yeah, Paige's guy, like I said, yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. <laughs> oh, Vagini. Is that where he just pulls scarves out of it? Yeah, they keep going. He taps a dildo on the table and flowers pop out the tip. <laughs> he, like, blows a condom up into a balloon and then pops it and there's a dove inside. <laughs> anyway, we find out that he found out Tom Piper's schedule, so she goes to dc and he she's kind of calling him they've switched phones at this point yeah she accidentally took his phone so he's at her apartment in her bathtub listening to her ipod and 
takes like a little selfie of him in her bathtub. Very cute. It is very uh-huh. cute. And so she goes to track down Tom Piper. She makes a bunch of noise in that library, making them move that table. It was very funny, but insane. Yep. A lamp falls off. He notices her. And we get a flashback of the two of them campaigning for Bush. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. <laughs> Because it's like two people least likely <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he ends up putting her up at a hotel. Uh, she calls Colin about it. And Colin's like, but he didn't like he, he hasn't made any like romantic advances. But he's like putting you in a hotel. But something's missing here. And she's like, he's a gentleman. And he's like, did you wear the pantsuit? And she's like, it's sexy. It's like Catherine Hepburn. And this is where he poses the argument that Catherine Hepburn isn't sexy. Audrey Hepburn is sexy. (laughs) And as we're getting flashes kind of between the two of them, we see that he's working on something in her house. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. And I'll say that both Hepburns are pretty sexy. Yeah. Just a heads up. While she's on the phone, a delivery arrives at the hotel room and it's a dress for that night. So on the phone, she tells Colin that a dress arrived and it's gorgeous. And he says, careful, if you're not home by midnight, it might turn into a pantsuit. <laughs> and he hangs up. So we cut to the party and the dress is so small, she can barely walk. She has to be taking like six inch steps. Like it's so small. It's so funny. Yeah. But his excuse for why he bought her a, a very tiny dress was because in the pantsuit, I, didn't, I couldn't really see what was going on under there. Well, yeah, what, what, yeah. I didn't know what you were working with. Yeah. She ignores a call from Colin and he's kind of on the roof and sad. Yeah. Because he's developing some feels at this point. Oh, he is mad caught the feels. At yeah, this he's point. deep in the feels. At the party, they seem to be having a great time. And so Tom kind of pulls her to the side and he's like, we make a great team and we could own this town. And she's like, okay. And he's like, let's do it. And she's like, what are we doing? He's like, we're getting married. And she's like, shouldn't we like kiss first and see how that goes? And he's like, oh, gross. What are you talking about? He's like, I'm super gay. I thought you knew that. And America's ready for a black president, but not a gay black president. And I wouldn't have known I was gay if I hadn't dated you. And so she just says, can I get back to you on that? And goes home. Yeah. As she comes home, she walks past Bandit. The poor dog. Oh, that poor dog. Oh, no. I did like that they could not find someone to play Bandit's owner, so they never show that person's face. Never. (laughs) So she climbs up the stairs, and Colin basically brings her into her apartment and has her cover her eyes and then turns the switch, and he essentially lit her sculptures. Yeah. Where he created, like, these little light boxes for them and named them... And he said it was because she sounded depressed on the phone. And so they order a pizza. He tells her that he found Julie from college. And now Julie is a trans man and single and looks like Ralph Macchio. Which, yeah. I mean, hey, young young Ralph Macchio is pretty cute. And they don't make any jokes about it. They don't. It's more just a, a matter of fact. Yeah. So she's yeah. Like, you okay. know, so she basically at this point is almost it's almost at this point like she's giving up on looking at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the exception of. Jake but it seems like Jake is a foregone conclusion and so he sings to her that she's once twice 20 times a lady yeah and I don't know if you guys notice at this point and I, there's not really a story point to it that I remember Mikey is this in the extended edition um, where she rips her dress I don't know I don't she rips the dress I know she rips the dress because when they're playing basketball there are safety pins holding it together on one side but they that is not mentioned in the version that we saw Paige right and there are safety pins in this scene and also she's got a ripped slit up the leg really and so 
I couldn't figure out if that was a story point that got cut that she ripped the dress or if they just literally the dress was too small for her and just pinned her <laughs> into it because it's never addressed, but she is pinned into that dress for the rest of the time that she has that dress. Yes. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. And it's not comfy to be pinned into a dress. I have notes on that later because pins are, they rub against your skin yeah. and it's uncomfortable. Uh, but so at this point, pinned into this dress she's sad that she has to go to her sister's wedding alone and colin agrees to go with her i love the way he agrees he's like i'll go with you like he like it's not even a thought like he's like i'm happy to go with you yeah which i would be too even if we were just friends i'd be like hell yeah i'll go to the wedding with you that'll be fun it'd be a fun night why not yeah i'd go a wedding with mikey if he asked me yeah dude i fucking love weddings me too Thanks, guys. <laughs> so they go to the garden, which is like a stadium, like a, a basketball it's stadium. It's a huge basketball stadium, yeah. And we find out that he swiped a pass key before he got fired back in the day, which they would have reset those pass keys. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, oh, yeah. This is impossible. Um, But allegedly he got fired for pissing in the mascot's pot of gold. And they play horse. He's bad at it and starts to take his shoes off. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, strip horse. Is there any other kind? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well. <laughs> well, that's not what we're playing. Yeah. We're playing this gun. This is my go-to move. Do you think he let her win? I think that he let her get to a point where he was in his underwear because he also knows what he's working with. And he knows yeah. how to like lean into what he's working with. And then when she, when she gets him down into adjust his like boxers, that's when he's like, oh, "Okay, it's time for you to come out of that dress." No, I, I I think he was trying to win, but I think at that point he's just testing if she's willing to play game one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think you're right though, Mikey. Yeah. The only reason I think he may have let her win to the point where he's in his underwear and then like suddenly is a little bit better is because she only has the dress, so she would have been almost instantly naked. Yeah, and it would have been a fully dressed man. With right. a naked woman on a basketball court where they are trespassing. I honestly think that may have been his plan. And if it wasn't for the montage of incredibly difficult shots that she made, I would have believed y'all. You know, the crazy thing is it looks like she's actually making those shots. Like, I think they actually filmed it. So she, like, nailed those shots for those takes. I, I have it on, I think, good authority that Anna Ferris is actually pretty good at basketball. Does not surprise me after watching the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if it wasn't for those shots, I would think you guys are right, but, like, she kills him. Yeah, Yeah. well, and they end up playing one-on-one uh, until the security guard walks in on them and finds her dress hanging from the hoop, and they go for a walk on the pier. She's wearing his shirt, basically, and he's wearing the hoodie he had on over it. This is another good reason of why you should layer, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no, God, no. no. You're welcome. And he basically talks to her about why he doesn't play in a cover band. He wants to play his own music. Yeah. And, you know, he thinks that she should make those sculptures because that's what she loves doing. But again, the sculpture market is very competitive. Well, he asks her what you're passionate about. And she's like, right. those little sculpting things. The sculptures we spent two seconds on in this story so far. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and he says, you don't know if you could sell them or not. You've never tried. And she's yeah. like, yeah, well, I've never jumped into the harbor. And he's like, but we're going to do it right now. Skinny dipping in the harbor. And so they take off all their clothes and jump into the harbor. Which I, okay, when this happens in the movie, I was like, this is a terrible idea. And I was like, this is yeah. so ridiculous. And I like that the movie is like, no, this is a terrible idea. You're right, Todd. Yeah, my favorite is they hit the water and then they're just like, oh, God, it's so cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did we do this? <laughs> this is it. And they immediately get back out. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, But they go back to the apartment and 
there's some kind of like flirty banter back and forth about women always stealing his shirt. Oh, yeah. Well, because she's wearing his shirt. And he ends up unbuttoning her shirt and then they just start making out. Yeah. It is on. It's actually a pretty sexy scene. Like, there is yeah. a lot yeah. of sexual tension here. Uh, they tumble onto the bed and she basically puts the brakes on it and is like, no, because like the numbers. Right. And he's he's like, okay, but like just the tip just this much, you won't even feel it, and holds up his yeah. hands the full length of his penis. <laughs> it's fully like eight inches. He's like, only yeah. this much, you won't even feel it. Yeah. Um, But he does, he's like, that's fine, we'll take it slow, but I am going to keep kissing you. Yeah. Basically, like, we're yeah. not going to have sex, but I do want to kiss you. They wake up next to each other, still fully clothed, so nothing happened, Um, and he wakes up before she can brush her hair and put on makeup, and he says that she's beautiful in the morning. Yeah, it's the same thing Zachary Quinto said to her at the beginning. Yeah. Except she hasn't, like, done her makeup and, like, brushed her hair, right? Right. And he proposes that they watch Mexican wrestling and make huevos rancheros and margaritas. And she can't because she has to go pick out place cards with Daisy. Yeah. So she kisses him goodbye. She goes to get flowers with Daisy and place cards. And she realizes that she hasn't convinced her mom to come to the wedding yet. Right. Daisy is like, well, let's just tell dad he doesn't have to come. Which here, I think they make a pretty sad assumption that their dad doesn't want to come. He clearly does. I was honestly thrilled that the dad, when we finally do meet him, that he was like, no, I'm super excited about it. I'm glad to be there. Like, I want to be there. Because they paint him right now as someone who's like, doesn't want to go, super disinterested in their lives. Right. And he's very much the opposite of that. I was happy that he wasn't what they thought he was. Um, but at this point, all the other bridesmaids want to hear about DC, and she basically tells them that there's no sparks with Tom, so I'm yeah. going to bring Colin to the wedding. And they're just like, ew, no, yeah, gross. you slept with him. And he's like, she's like, no. And they tell her that he's the guy you date before the guy you end up with. Yeah, which is real sad. Yeah, he's me. <laughs> Yeah, because he has commitment issues, Mikey. He yeah. fully could be in a committed relationship if he chose. He was choosing. He's choosing now. Yeah, and he ends up in a committed relationship. So, yeah, metaphor stands, Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to her apartment where she's working on the sculptures. And because she still has Colin's phone, it rings and it's a message from someone asking if he's called Jake Adams yet because they had already given him the info. Yeah. So as she's kind of realizing what's happened, he shows up at her apartment. He brought her food that he made, which is supposed to be taquitos, but look like cannolis, but taste kind of like egg rolls. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was so cute. Yeah, it was so funny. And he TiVo'd Mexican wrestling for her, and she confronts him about Jake Adams, and he denies getting the info. Yeah, so he lies to her. He lies to her. Yeah. And she gives him his phone and basically kicks him out. And he's like, I didn't think it mattered after last night. And she's like, I think you should forget about last night because I'm not you're not the guy I'm supposed to end up with. I've dated 20 of you. That's so sad. Which is brutal. It's, such a, it's a brutal burn. It is. And he says he's like, so you're going to try and make it work with Jake, a guy that you haven't seen in years. And she's like, it's not about a number. It's about what I want. And he's like, you don't know what you want. You become whoever you date. Basically, like you don't have anything of you, which is true. She mirrors the person she's with, which I think a lot of people do. And right. he calls her out on it. It's not like a plot point that we've talked about or addressed in the movie up to this point. But they have, right. been, I think, a pretty good job of showing you because on all these flashbacks with these boyfriends, she is dressed like them doing what they want to do. I would say a decent they, they do a decent job. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's great fair. Job. That's fair. 
And she yells after him as he walks into the hallway. I'm someone who's not going to let an undeserving asshole into my heart or vagina. And then from down below, they hear a shut up. And she just calls back. Stop fucking your dog. I love that, man. Loved it. So we cut to her making a wedding sculpture. I'm assuming for her sister. Yeah, it's got to be. Which is super cute. I thought that that was really yeah. cute. Yeah. I like personal I like personal heartfelt gifts, which sucks because Natalie is awesome at that, and I'm not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> so she calls Jake Adams. They get ready for a date, and it shows, like, cuts between her and him getting ready. Well, yeah, because it's her brushing her hair in front of the mirror or whatever, right. and him picking out, like, expensive watches and expensive belts. and mm-hmm. It's just showing that he is, like, rich as shit, and she has one mirror in her place. Right, and <laughs> so she puts in fake hair, although it catches on fire, and she has to throw it out. Oh, man, that was so funny. So Jake gets there, and he's a good-looking, fancy, rich dude. Yeah. And she tells him about the sculptures, and he seems like he's interested. Yeah, he's like, I'd love to see those sometime. And I I thought he was interested, you know? Yeah, I did yeah. too. It's not until later that we reveal that he was not. Yeah. So we cut to the next scene is a surprise lunch again. Her sister has surprised her uh, and her dad and his girlfriend are showing up to this lunch. Yeah. His girlfriend, who is in head on heels. Head over heels. Head, yeah, on, yeah, head yeah, over yeah, heels. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they reveal that they're super excited about the wedding yeah. and they're, they totally want to be there. And so they decide that they're going to convince mom. Yes. So they cut to them showing up at their mom's house. And their mom is basically all is forgiven because she's seen a picture of Allie and Jake Adams in. A magazine yeah like what magazine would that be in i i mean i don't know i have to imagine like people because it does Penthouse. set him up as being like a famous philanthropist a full-on rapist oh no you can't that, that, that's from sunny clearly he's not really a full-on rapist but he might be he seems kind of sketchy at the end but you know but philanthropist yeah so he's he's famous and it really just kind of sets up that her mom is all about appearances. And the appearance of her being in the society pages with Jake Adams is enough for her mom to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally coming to the wedding. I don't care. She even says, I'm so proud of my two daughters. And it's clear right. that she has never been proud of Allie. Right. Throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we cut through kind of a small montage of her, of Allie and Jake on dates where they're on like a double date with her sister. Yeah. They're going to events. And we kind of intercut it with Chris Evans standing on the rooftop being sad. Yeah, missing her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her staring out the window, like, also not being super happy. It does really kind of reflect that she's not really being who she wants to be. Like, you know, with the little mini burger where she, like, <laughs> takes a bite of it and gets rid of it. I love that. I thought it was super cute. We cut to the day of her sister's wedding. She's heading out to her sister's wedding. And at the same time, Colin is leaving in a suit. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it to you, Paige. He looks good in the oh. suit. He looks good he looks in and out of everything. Everything. Yeah. Myself and- included. <laughs> 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 I'm so and sorry, Chris. He remembers that it's Daisy's big day. Yeah. So she asks, like, oh, whose wedding are you going to? And he just says, nobody you know, and leaves. I think he don't, doesn't want to get hurt. He's like, we don't need to talk about it. You're seeing somebody else. I don't need mm-hmm. to. Yeah. The classic engage. shutdown, I've been hurt maneuver. Very aware of yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to the wedding where her sister's dress doesn't fit and she's madly searching for a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Like sh- so much so that they find it on the floor behind the couch and she still eats it. Oh, yeah. Sandwiches are good though. Not that good, baby. They're pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm with Mikey on this one. If oh I was my really God. hungry and it fell, I would still eat the sandwich. You're eating it like Bandit would, just fully off the floor with your paws. Anyway, we find out that the harpist isn't coming to the wedding, and so the only replacement is the wedding planner who plays the tuba. But he, he just says horn, and I laugh right. out loud when it's a goddamn <laughs> tuba. That joke is hilarious. But he also reveals that he has a list of all the other weddings that day because he's called right. these other musicians to see if they can come and fill in. Right. Uh, but the wedding starts, and we're stuck with his tuba, oh, and it. it is playing the wedding march, but it's because it's a tuba yeah. it's, it's really funny <laughs> the only march that that works for is the imperial march in star wars <laughs> and that's not appropriate for a wedding <laughs> anyway we get into her sister and her sister's husband's vows which are very superficial <laughs> yes at one of them specifically is I promise to consult you before getting a haircut. Yeah. So I also think they're a little like strange, but I think they're played like the movie plays it like it's sweet because like yes. the audience is sort of laughing and it's sort of maybe they're all inside jokes that we've never seen <laughs> in the movie. The crew really thought they were hilarious. <laughs> when she got to when when because all of his were like, I promise never to call you crazy and I will consult you before getting a haircut. And everyone's like, <laughs> and I'm like, he's trapped. <laughs> like, <laughs> blink twice if you need a haircut. Like, yeah. it's just. But hers were like, I promise not to get mad at you for stuff you do in my dreams and yeah. stuff like that. He's trapped. Yeah. Which honestly, I'll say this. If I got in trouble for the stuff I did in Natalie's dreams, we would fully be broken up because she. I do crazy shit in her dreams, man. Those are the worst days when you're dating someone ever. Oh, but for the record, she she tells me and we laugh about it. Like, she she's not mad at me about it, but I do crazy shit in her dreams. Oh, I have straight up had a girl get mad at me about something I did in a dream. Oh, that's no, that's, that's not that's a good crazy. sign. Yeah. But, like, she's like, I'm not mad at you. I know you didn't do it, but it put me in a bad mood when I saw you. And I was like, this is all... A lot to unpack. <laughs> so we cut to the rest of the wedding and we get this little scene with her and her dad where he's like, hey, are you happy? Because your mom wants what's best for you. But she doesn't. She thinks that you're like her and you're not. Yeah. And I think that that's why you guys don't have a great relationship, because I think sometimes it's hard for her to look at you and see so much of me. And maybe that's why you and your mom don't get super along. Yeah. And Jake cuts in so that they can have a slow dance. And he basically brings up the fact that they lost their virginity to each other, and she has to be like, hey. I love that she came clean here. Like, Yes. I do too. Because also, I don't feel like she has to tell him. But I mean, I get it. I also think that's a weird thing to make a big deal out of oh. when you're dating an adult. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, I think the way he handles this information is ridiculous. Actually, he sort of handles the reveal that she had sex before they had yeah, sex. Yeah, fine. Yeah, he sort of handles that okay, but it's when he finds out how many happened in between then and now, he like does not yeah. handle that well. Like it's strange. Well, here's what's here's what's extra crazy because like, okay, so he wasn't her first, but then we reveal that it's been at least 10 years or more yeah. since high school. So does he think that she's just been sitting around waiting for him that whole time? I think like, he does think that. 
because he's dumb. I mean, so and he basically like he finds out the real number, which is 20. And he's like, yuck, gross to her <laughs> face, which is crazy. Well, I think he thinks she's joking. He's like, ha, 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 gross. And then he <laughs> says, well, I, maybe I wasn't your first, but I'll be your last. And she says, are you going to rape and kill me? Because like <laughs> that would make joke. you last <laughs> because like you can't predict when you're going to die and what's going to happen after you. But also, why is that so important to you? Yeah. I guess. Um, and so she's kind of already like, mm, no. And then he kind of pulls her away from the dance floor and he says, so how does dinner in Milan and breakfast in Paris sound? I have to travel and I would love it if you would come. Yeah. And she's like, well, how long? And he says, well, what? You're unemployed and those statue things will be here when you get back. And the only thing keeping you in Boston is me and I'm leaving. Basically telling her, like, put your life on hold. Also, her fucking family's in Boston, you idiot. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things for her to stay for. Idiot. I hate him so much. Yeah, the implication is essentially that everything in her life is expendable, so why shouldn't she come with him? Yes, which is, I think, I, I don't know, I feel like this is a very strange thing to say, but I feel like his character is written very well because he's this rich, entitled douche who sort of sees her and probably everyone in his life as not a real person but someone that is there to do what he wants them to do right drove me insane i hated this well, guy and i think a lot of people do and i think she doesn't and it confuses him uh, because she does basically pull him off to the side after she gives a toast for her sister and yeah. this is this time it's a nice toast but she basically gets to the thesis statement that this movie is trying to make in the last 15 minutes that it didn't try to make it all during the rest of the movie <laughs> which is that being in love means being yourself yeah and so she pulls him off to the side into a weird garden nook and she breaks <laughs> up with him and is like hey it's not you it's me we're just not yeah supposed to be together and there's nothing wrong with it it's fine and he's like well then i'm gonna fucking leave and she's like okay cool and he leaves, he slaps champagne out of a waiter's hand for no good reason. Because he's a dick. I hate this guy. Yeah. I think that conversation does a really good job of summing up people with not a lot of emotional intelligence who do not have the insight to think that a career is the only thing keeping you in a city. Right. Like he doesn't see her. And it really summed that up. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, he, he doesn't view anything she does as important is what right. it is. I just saw like oh, well, you have nothing going on, and if you have nothing going on, I'm going on. You know what I mean? Like, you should be into me. If you don't got anything going on, I got it going on. Yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly, I'm sad I can no longer use that as a pickup line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now going to say it to Natalie out of context, and that's going to be very confusing for her. Well, I mean, there's, but, I mean, like, you get that conversation a lot where, like, Oh, I have a job offer in a different city or uh, like yeah. any sort of couple. And then Bro, like, that's a how lot I of... ended up in San Diego. She was like, why don't you just move to San Diego? You don't even like like Nashville. And I was like, my, my dad is here and my brother's here. Like there are a lot of reasons to stay in Nashville other than just my job that I had been at for 10 years. Right. Anyway, that was a nightmare. But you went. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but you learned. You grew. I did. You weren't going to let anybody else treat you like that. That's something that's not going to happen. Listen, I missed it on the last three years of my dad's life. Super sad about that. But I'm glad oh I, I, on some level, I'm, I'm glad I, I went. I learned a lot about relationships and about myself. And, uh, yeah, you're not going to ever let someone minimize your feelings about something like that ever again. No. I have a feeling. Absolutely not. Although that is to say, if Natalie got a great opportunity in a different city, I'd fully probably go with her. Here's the thing. It depends on your life. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, the difference is he's not asking her to go. He's telling her she should because he's devaluing the things that she has. Yes. He's not saying, 
I would love for you to travel with me, even if it's just for a little bit. Can we work this out with your schedule? Yeah. Or like I can leave it open ended. You can stay six months. You can stay two weeks. You can just you can stay a night. Like whatever you want. I'm rich as right. shit. Uh, we can fly out there on my private jet, and then you can fly back whenever you want. Right. I also think at this point in the movie, she's just looking for a reason to break up with him too. So like this yeah. perfect entry. Yeah, because she fully has the feels. Yeah. Yeah, she has already figured out that this is not the guy for her. Yeah. Um. But so her mom sees him going and is pissed that she let him go. And she basically says to her, like, I don't understand you, why you were finally happy. And she's like, no, you were happy because I'm a jobless, I'm going to say artist, that's not what she says, uh, who slept with 20 guys and you don't have to understand me, just love me. I'm not perfect, but like, this is who I am and I kind of have to be who I am. Yeah, your job is just to love me, not understand me. And I, I thought that that was super sweet. I loved that. I loved that her sister came in and divulged her own news to take the spotlight off of Allie. Yeah, agree. Where her sister Daisy comes up and is like, my dress is too tight because I'm four months pregnant. Go, <laughs> like, get out of here. I like mom's anger could be this way. Yeah. Um, But their mom is very, very happy about it, which is great. It is. That's like the only information the mom handles appropriately in this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Allie grabs the list of all the other weddings and runs, tears the dress, runs across the grass and heels, which is brutal. I even said, that's impressive. Yeah. Like, there's no way that's easy in heels. No, because you end up aerating the lawn. You just, like, spike your way through life. Yeah. I mean, I've worn heels. When I was the whore or virgin in drag, oof. <laughs> it is not easy just to wear heels on solid surfaces. Yeah. She ends up flashing the whole wedding her butt because she's... Yeah, when she picks up the dress... Yeah, and she drives a blue Honda Fit, which is what I drove at the time that this movie came oh out. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. She goes to multiple weddings, doesn't see him. She ends up at Donald's wedding, and he's just like, oh, come on. I, love, I thought that that was so funny, just the way she is unintentionally harassing Donald. So it was like very The Graduate at the end, which is a movie I've never seen, and I only know <gasps> through pop culture what? stuff. Yeah, I've never seen it. I love The Graduate. Uh, listen, I'd love to see it. Maybe one of you will make me watch it at sometime soon. I mean, it's not a rom-com. Oh, is it I not? Mean, I, mm, uh, it, uh, it's complicated. It's more coming of age than anything, I think. I don't know. The end of that one is, oof. Yeah, the end of that one is jerk. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, it's it's sort of like that where he goes and, like, disrupts the wedding or whatever, but this time it's yeah. her, and she didn't mean to. She's looking for Colin. Right, right, right. <laughs> Thought it was so funny. She ends up at a huge red carpet wedding where she can hear Colin and kind of sees him on the stage. Yeah. But security stops her, so she climbs a trellis, falls off of it into the bushes, and as she comes back up out of the bushes, she just goes, fuck! <laughs> and there's just a crowd of children. And then they start saying it back to her. I love movies yeah. that'll have kids cuss. I don't know why. I just love it. I think it's great. Um, but she sees him on stage. She tries to wave him down. He doesn't see her. She gets on stage and dances with the tambourine, but doesn't know the song and basically like <laughs> cuts the song, like pauses the song in the middle of it. And is yeah. like, I need to talk to you. Makes the whole band stop. Says that Papa Bear is going to come up and do a toast, which we don't know if that's a person at this wedding, but toasts happen. So like she and Colin walk off stage. I just assumed the, the bride's dad came up and gave a toast. Right, and right, we actually yeah. hear him giving a toast right here at the end of the movie. Yeah, in the background. Yeah. And as they walk off the stage, those same that same crew of children run past them just saying, Fuck! Fuckity! Fuck! 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I loved it. It's great. And she basically says, like, I'm happy. She pulls him aside and says, 
I'm sorry and I'm happiest yeah. when I'm being myself and I'm myself when I'm with you. And I was so afraid that you were another asshole that I became the biggest asshole of all. And he's like, no, I should have given you Jake's number, but I didn't think I could compete with him. And she just says, there's no contest. I think I love you, number 21. And he says, I love you too, 300. <laughs> and she, and she, she stops him. She stops him. <laughs> and they kiss as the wedding cheers for the toast. Yeah. We cut to what I'm guessing is a couple weeks later. Yeah. And they're at home watching Mexican wrestling and the phone rings and they let it go to voicemail and they just hear, hey, Kelly with an I, it's me, Jay from Club Med Turquoise. Uh, I got a real weird message from your assistant and I just want to tell you that we never had sex. You did a very strange strip tease involving maracas <laughs> and then you gave me a real bad hand job with something that you called the dry, dry style. method. Yeah. <laughs> the dry method. <laughs> then you vomited in my suitcase and fell asleep in the shower. So uh anyway, thanks. Bye. And then he just hangs <laughs> up. Which means that Colin is number 20. And she starts dancing on the bed, yelling it at him. Right. Which I feel like this movie goes so far to be like, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. But, oh, conveniently, it was still worked, and it still kind of matters somehow, which I think is strange. I don't, okay, I didn't get the impression that it mattered. At the end, I got the impression that it's a joke now to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I'm more comfortable with. I can see why you might read it the way you saw it, though, Paige. Yeah, yeah, Well, because, yeah. you know, once they got into a relationship, he would give her so much shit about that for the rest of their lives as, like, their inside joke. Yeah, yeah. As long as she was in on the joke, I would oh, be, I, I, I think I mean, so, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. So having okay. seen the movie, having talked about it, what do you guys think? It's not a good movie. No. It's never been a good movie. <laughs> but, boy, is it fun to watch. It is. Honestly, it is fun to watch, Paige. And not just because Chris Evans is naked half the movie. And honestly, yep. mm -hmm. Anna Ferris is naked a lot of the movie, too. Like, it's not just Chris. I mean, it's on both sides. <laughs> but it is yep. sort of like junk food. Like I said earlier, it feels like that. Like, if you want to watch a bad rom-com that has some funny jokes and naked chris evans in it yeah yeah it's a good hard r rom-com yeah with yeah. a naked chris evans no i feel like i feel like we've really hit a stride the last few weeks with mannequin to this where we're like these movies are terrible yeah boy do we love to watch them <laughs> oh mannequin though <laughs> i can't wait till we do mannequin too on the move oh <laughs> <laughs> so Paige, do you have some fun facts for us i do nice okay. so let's start out with their apartments so it looks like she has a one bedroom. So I looked at one bedrooms. Okay. Um, which were between twelve hundred and eighteen hundred dollars a month, depending on where you were at. In downtown Boston? In and around. Okay. So okay. Like, okay. that's way better than I thought it would be. That's way better than Nashville, even. Yeah. I yeah, I would put hers at around fifteen hundred. Now, Jesus. again, that might be a bad neighborhood. We don't know exactly where she is, and we like, I didn't pick a downtown high-rise because right. that's not where they live. No, they live in like, yeah. Now, we know that she worked in marketing, um, which current salary would have put her right around $83,000, uh, give or take, um, which means that she could absolutely afford that apartment, yeah. which a rarity on this show yeah, that they could definitely... Well, the thing is, she's unemployed for months, so I'll get to it. Okay. So de depending on the terms of her firing and severance and how long she had been <laughs> at that job and how long her sister took to plan her wedding, <laughs> she could have potentially survived. So if she was on three months severance, it is possible that she was getting paid that time. Yeah. And depending on how long this wedding took, 
But also, we demonstrated in this movie that her family clearly has fuck tons of They money, have and means. So yeah. They have means. Um, but I think it's very possible that she could have been, at least for part of this time, surviving on her severance, which would, and probably accrued vacation time, yeah. unemployment. Right. She probably could have survived. Yeah. But that was the part of the movie that I was like, she's unemployed this whole time. But then when I did some math, I was like, eh, maybe she's fine. It's so bonkers that that actually makes sense in this movie. I know. Well, <laughs> let's get to my headcanon of Colin as a freelance private investigator. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Because in Boston, private investigators make, on average, 50 to 80K a year. Wow, and even okay. at 50K a year, he could afford that yeah, apartment. Yeah, he could, yeah. Plus gigs, which means if he is a private investigator and also playing in a band whenever, he can also afford his apartment. Yeah. So, like... Huh. Again, I think this has only happened one other time, and I think it was the lucky one. So maybe Blythe Danner is the key that people can afford their apartments. Um, That's amazing. Now, let's talk about that wedding. Okay. If the wedding is at a separate venue, because I wasn't clear on if the wedding was in the mother's backyard or a separate venue. If it's at a separate venue, that wedding is about 200K. If oh. it's at the mom's house, it's 100K or under. What? Um, but that's an expensive wedding. That is an expensive wedding. Insane. Don't spend that much money on a wedding, man. That's insane. Drop that on a down payment on a house. Hell yeah. I, d I didn't spend anywhere near that much on my wedding, and my wedding still fucking kicked ass. Yeah, so. it was great. So from what I hear, we weren't invited, so... Yeah, I mean, that's how I cut down on money. Uh, but so, <laughs> so let's get into some just like general fun facts. All right, awesome. So this script sat in development hell for years, but Anna Ferris was attached to it almost the entire time. Oh, wow. And because by the time the film was greenlit, she was considerably older. And in the movie, she would be over 30. She advocated that a girl her age in the modern world would potentially have had more partners. Originally, it was supposed to top out at 16 partners. Oh, wow. Okay. And she argued for hire. Good for her. The studio felt that too many partners would make the character unrelatable to the audience. And so she lost the argument and the number they settled on was 20. But so she was advocating for mm. hire, I guess. That's great. Good for her. But this wasn't the only thing that she fought with them about. Behind the scenes, she actually fought with them on costuming as well. Because she felt like her character doesn't have anything about her that would suggest that she's constantly in stilettos and dresses and high heels. She's supposed to kind of be the fish out of water. Yeah. And she thought that she should be kind of more relaxed and down to earth. And she lost that battle, which is what made me wonder if that dress was just like pinned and it just was. And that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I do like that oh. most of the time she has high heels. She's holding them. She's not wearing them. She's not Most wearing of the them. time. She's, she's barefoot a lot of the time in the movie. Yeah. And apparently that was her specifically arguing for that. Good for her. That's awesome. Bas basically to make it a thing that like she was not comfortable in heels. But I love that. Anna Ferris wears heels. Like yeah. I don't want to like she's the house bunny. She's worn heels. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But she didn't feel like this character would. And so she's frequently seen holding her shoes. Chris Evans does all of his own singing and a lot of his own guitar in the movie. Nice. And did you know that four different Marvel superheroes are in this film. So we've got Chris Evans, obviously. Right. Then we have Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Again. The Falcon. Mm -hmm. Chris Pratt. Yeah. But then we also have Martin Freeman, who plays Everett K. Ross in Captain America Civil War as part of their like mini Avengers that they have in like the 40s. He's also in Black Panther. He's also in Black Panther. That's right. That's amazing. 
So both Anna Ferris and Chris Evans got their start in successful parody films. Anna got noticed in Scary Movie. Yeah. Whereas the very next year, Chris Evans' first feature film was not another teen movie in 2001. Oh, so good. In their apartment building. <laughs> Her apartment is 6C because it sounds like sexy. That's why they <laughs> give her that apartment. Nice. The ex-magician boyfriend is based on magician Chris Angel. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the puppet show was filmed live in a park. Oh, God. <laughs> so that puppet show happened. There were children there. And sometimes it's included, sometimes it's not, as we found out. Yeah. And those are our fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk box office. All right. What do you think the budget for What's Your Number was? Probably not that big because it sat in development hell for so long. It came out in 2011. I mean, it's no remember me. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> I'm gonna say 25. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? 29. All right, it was $20 million. You're both pretty close. Oh. So this movie came out on September 30th, 2011. It was number eight in the box office the week it came out. And it was actually in 3,000 theaters. It did not do great. Um, so it was beat by Dolphin's Tale, Moneyball, The Lion King, Courageous, 50-50, Dreamhouse, Abduction, and then what your number was number eight. So what do you think it made? Ooh. It's first weekend out, the weekend of September 30th, 2011. Two million. Four million. Mikey is closer. It was actually $5.4 million is what it made in its first weekend out. And then what do you think it went on to make domestically at the box office? I don't think it made its budget back. I'm going to say 15. All right. Mikey, what do you think? 12. It made $14 million. You guys were both close, yeah. one above, Yay. one over. But it Dang. it did end up making $16 million internationally, so it did top out at $13.1 million. And then it did another $6.4 million in domestic DVD and Blu-ray sales. So it probably made close to its budget back if you include in like what it would cost to market the film. Mm -hmm. um, now, just another fun fact. Earlier this year, as you mentioned, Chris Evans was in... Captain America, Captain the first America. Avenger, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And its opening weekend, it made $65 million. <laughs> yeah, it did. So <laughs> it made twice what this movie made in its first weekend and then went on to make $370.5 million at the box office. It's a good movie, and okay? I will openly admit that Captain America, the first Avenger is fully a romantic movie. It is. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. Captain America First Avenger is why I sobbed through Endgame. Yeah, it's so sweet. Anyway, so that's your box office and a little box office fun fact for you to top it off. Do you think they're still together? <sighs> okay, I'm going to say yes. I like I them together. I think they have good communication, and I think that's the most important thing. I feel like they could be. I feel like there's a better possibility than most couples that we see. Oh, yes, yeah. that's that's what I'll give you. Yeah. Yes. They're no Bianca and Cameron from last week. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, Paige, you made us watch What's Your Number? Mikey, I believe we're back around to you. What are you making us watch next week? We're going to be watching a movie, and I got this idea from a coworker that, because I've never seen it, oh. and it's apparently a classic rom-com. Oh. It also is batshittedly bonkers. <laughs> we will be watching Splash. I thought, I, are, am I psychic? In my brain, I was like, it's going to be Splash. And then you were like, Splash. And I was like, oh my God. I've never seen Splash either, actually. Awesome. I haven't either. Daryl Hannah stars as a mermaid. mermaid. Yeah, I know. I know mm -hmm. the premise. Who Tom Hanks falls in love with. 
Uh, did you know that there was there was also in Las Vegas, and I, I don't think it's still there, but for a long time there was a topless review that was splash themed. Oh, my. wow. Vegas is terrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your homework for this week is to get in a bathtub fully filled with water <laughs> in a mermaid like <laughs> pantsuit, whatever they have that you can buy them online. I've seen them. Don't ask why. I don't want to get into this. But put that on, get in a bathtub and watch Splash for next week. Sploosh. Sploosh. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, no, no. So, Mikey, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star text review, and Mikey will read it. Mikey, who's you going to read this week? Jenren1437 says, can I just say this question mark? I love the horror virgin. And I was so excited to start listening to Romance in the Pod. Nice. Thank you. I have not been disappointed. (laughs) I've laughed so much over these episodes that I have to turn it off at work in order not to get called out for my sudden outbursts and snorts. (laughs) I love a good snort laugh. (laughs) Nothing better than like a Miss Piggy level (laughs) snort laugh. I love it. The chemistry is amazing and the episodes as a whole are hilarious. Nice. Which is that like a dig? I don't know. Like are parts not? I don't understand. I mean, you do write some jokes, Mikey. So... That's also, true. sometimes we talk about personal things. That's true. Yes. We do. So thankful for Paige, Todd, and Mikey making my day! Exclamation Aww. point. Keep up, guy. Keep Aww. going, guys! Exclamation point. I have never laughed so hard! Exclamation point. Five stars. Thank you so much, nice. Jen Ren fourteen thirty seven for that awesome five star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin, and that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. (laughs) Toodle pip. Allie, I I knew I recognized you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Enchiladas, ooh.